I met him 15 years ago. I, I was told there was nothing left. No reason, no uh, conscience, no understanding, and even the most rudimentary sense of life or death, of, of good or evil, right or wrong. I met this six-year-old child with this blank, pale, emotionless face and the blackest eyes, the devil's eyes. I spent eight years trying to reach him and then another seven trying to keep him locked up because I realized that what was living behind that boy's eyes was purely and simply evil. Listening to the Buzz Kill Podcast. I am the devil, and I am here to do the devil's work. It is episode 61. Happy Halloween, everybody. Welcome back to the Buzzkill Podcast, where we only use the finest quality razor blades to put in our Halloween candy. <laughs> I am Mike. <laughs> I'm Jim. And I'm Justin. And uh, hey, John's back. Hi. Hey, John. What's up, John? Hi, John. He was, he was so nice, we had him back twice. Ah. <laughs> we actually, so I've overextended my welcome aftertake. Yes. yes. We, we actually, uh, considering how insufferable he is in real life, we were pretty surprised at how well so not lying. how well the show went a couple weeks ago. So Michael, we, you are so one to talk. We, de- we decided to give John just kind of an open door policy, so... Yeah. John will probably be on the show more often from now on, mm-hmm. and you guys can just deal with it. But don't overstay your welcome. Oh, yeah. oh, no. He overstayed it the first time he asked to come on the show. <laughs> what, like eight months ago? <laughs> um, also, if you hear the um, little small mousy sound coming from the side over here, um, you've, you've heard me talk about her quite a bit, but roommate Jen is here. Hey, roommate Jen. Roommate Jen, Hi, what's roommate up? Jen. Hi. I, I'm pretty sure we just gave her a nickname. Roommate Jen. Just roommate yeah. Jen. I'm, I'm not gonna call you that. So. Oh, it wouldn't no. be. I'll just no, call you Jen. We're not gonna. We're not gonna call you that. But I, Brian, and I did coin a new phrase for uh, the trio that is James, Aaron, and Michael. They are the Beardmans. The Beardmans. The Beardmans. I like it. That, that's a good last. It's got, it's got a ring to it, right? Yeah, I'm I'm, a little. A little backstory on that. Me and my wife have kind of adopted Mike as our third wheel, our, the way, per, our permanent third wheel. The way that I like to think about it is, you know, when In you the watch, bedroom? you know, when you watch yeah. like the, like, yeah. uh, like old like '90s and even today like sitcoms or whatever, you'll have like the, the family unit, and then there's always like the creepy uncle or the brother or whoever that lives next door, mm-hmm. just kind of walks into the back door all the time. That's me. That's him. That's pretty much me. I just kind of show up. Michael walking <laughs> in the back door. That's. He calls. Uh, we don't call him Uncle Mike to our kids, but he calls himself Uncle Mikey, which is weird. A <laughs> little bit. Only behind closed doors with you, baby. <laughs> so anyway, uh, it's Halloween week, guys. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Place, we Trick are or treat. Do you guys? A couple days removed. I don't like Halloween, personally. No. Oh, wow. That's unfortunate. <laughs> That's, I'm, 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 I'm goofing with <laughs> you. Never heard of it. I'm yanking your chain. He's so do you, guys, do you guys have any uh, Halloween traditions that you do every year? Um, I'm decorating, obviously. Watching the typical movies, which not uh, hocus pocus. We've already covered that. <laughs> not, hope, not hocus pocus. One of them we're talking about tonight. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, my new tradition is because I we watched. I think we watched it for the first time last year, and I love it. it was uh, Tales of Halloween? Oh yeah, Def- I'm watching that one probably on or the day before uh, Halloween. Yeah, definitely watching that. Yep. 
Other than that, just uh, oh, carving pumpkins with yeah. uh, with mm -hmm. my third wheel over how here. Many, we always carve pumpkins how every many, year. How many years be going strong with that? Now? Like five years? It's got to be five years. Something now. like that. Yeah. Yeah. And his dad, uh, Mike's dad, created this uh, masterfully put together uh, the the string of lights. The oh, <laughs> it's basically a daisy chain of just light bulbs. We don't use candles. It's like they're full full wattage light bulbs to well, light our sixty watts. I'm not sure if that's full full wattage. <laughs> it's a full sixty. <laughs> it's a full sixty, and and you can see our jack o' lanterns from miles away. And, and space, and space. Watts. And space. They, look good. they look good. Uh, <laughs> that's enough about me. What do you guys do well, for Halloween? Uh, well, pretty much the same thing that you just said because I spend mine with you. Yep, that's because true. I'm pathetic. <laughs> what about you, you know, Jay? You got the standard: pass out the candy, you know, watch kids trick or treating, you know, push over the ones in stupid costumes. Is this this is going to be your first Halloween in the new at, at the, the new, new digs? Yes, it is. Do, do you know what it what it's like around I there? I have do... no idea. We've been discussing it together. We're like, do you think it is? Do you think it isn't? I don't know. Maybe we should ask like the leasing office and see what they say. Is there a lot of kids around there? There's, there's a few. Right I'll, I'll see like like fifteen little shits waiting at the bus stop in the mornings when I leave. You're gonna, <laughs> are you gonna be the guy giving out like pennies or toothpaste? I, I was thinking like or apples, maybe old candy <laughs> from the year before. Oh, dude, no, there's uh... <laughs> like the chocolate that's getting the white shit on it. <laughs> yeah. no, what about the little uh, travel size like mini salads? Oh, <laughs> I could, I could that's, do travel that's the vegan one. I could do travel size shampoos. Kids would love that. They love being. Clean. No, you gotta get you gotta get a carrot and then uh, like a potato peeler and as they come as they come by, just start peeling the carrot in their mouth. <laughs> Make three it for you, parents. three for you. Your costume sucks. Julianne one. for you, Julianne for you. You should um, just so, to be an asshole. You should do the thing where you put a bowl out and and put a sign that says "Please take one," but just fill it with vegetables. Do that. <laughs> Please well, take one. Honestly, I feel like with where you live, though. Um, being that you're in a complex, a lot of kids will probably just hop across the street to this huge subdivision. Oh, yeah. It, yeah. You know what I've always wanted to do that I say every year that, that I, I tell people I do and I haven't done yet? Mm. <laughs> Is uh, hand out bags of mashed potatoes on <laughs> 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 <In> Halloween. <laughs> so, could you imagine the fucked up look on a kid's face where you, here you go, here's a Ziploc bag with mashed potatoes in it? <laughs> or, or you could make the parents really pissed off and get like those little tiny Ziploc dime bags and just empty pixie sticks into the dime bags and just drop those <laughs> <laughs> The kids' bags. <laughs> kids don't have to worry. It's pure sugar. Yeah. I promise. The dad's like, wait, wait, wait. Or get like, uh, yep. Get like, get yeah, pixie stick. Get, get blue rock candy and, and crush it up real fine so it looks like the meth from Breaking Bad. Oh, awesome. So what about you, John? Uh, I've been back and in, in the house that we're in now. This will be our third Halloween because okay. we came back in August. Um, and I'm pretty sure I've actually worked every Halloween. Wow, and before lame, that, lame. Super lame. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know. Erica's like all about it, and her and uh, Molly do couples costumes every year. But now that we got B and B's, the way she does couples costumes with somebody other than you. Well, we haven't really been together for a while. Oh, I see. Namin. So uh, <clears throat> Namin. Yeah, she's always done it with Molly, and then this year we actually I got I got yeah, out of it is. because we're going <laughs> to uh, the that masquerade party. So we don't have to do costumes this year. I'm this very... I'm still doing a cock. Like I'm, I'm super into every Halloween. I like painting my face. Like except that's... for when you were Axl Rose. Uh, yeah, that was a good costume. And your though. wife was a pretty convincing slash. She was. That got weird later that night. Oh, she. she... <laughs> that's slash me. <laughs> she. She did wanted she, your did rose she play later. Solo? <laughs> did she what? Did she play solo? <laughs> 
okay. right up the neck of that guitar. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, anyway, speaking of uh, traditions, yeah. Typically speaking, every single year we all have a tradition uh, called a birthday. Yes. Now, James had a birthday uh, a couple of months ago. Four, nope. four or five months that's ago. That's not accurate. Yeah, it is. Nine months ago. Nine months ago. My point is, I'm a little bit behind on getting James' birthday gift. A little bit behind. Yeah. Not anymore. What'd you get? I've me? decided oh, that uh, in this next month coming up, I'm taking James on a date. Really? We are. We're, we're going to go. That's not we're going to go. Uh, we're going to go get dinner. Possibly a nice, uh, nice lobster dinner. Ooh. I probably like probably not lot maybe a crawfish okay because I'm, I'm cheap <laughs> scrap um, dinner um, I'm gonna buy you drinks all night yeah water, water and drink. speaking of tradition because I believe eye for an eye and one good deed deserves another yeah last year what did you give me for my birthday last year <clears throat> this I don't know Do I, oh oh the Foo Fighters tickets <laughs> It's like three years ago. Oh, yeah, they haven't I been here in a while. I don't know, dude. And they're not going to be here. It was a concert. Show. I'm not going to move on until you remember this. Oh, uh, it was a it was a show. Yes. Uh, AFI has a lot to do with our topic tonight. Oh, we went to see John <laughs> Carpenter. <laughs> so um, on November 10th, I'm taking James to go see John Carpenter again. Oh, really? Yep. I can't go. Yes, you can. Ah. I already, I already cleared it. I already cleared it. Oh. I already cleared it. Cool. 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 Son of a bitch. Did you really? Yeah. Oh, thanks, man. I procured tickets today. We are going to see John Carpenter again Friday, yes. November 10th. Michael. Dope. Yeah. So, awesome. Nice. Thanks, man. Oh, speaking of other things. Um, you guys aren't invited. No, yeah, sorry. My, sorry my, my birthday's only a couple weeks after that. Just, I mean, just saying. I, I, well, I, I was I was nine months late for him, so I got time. <laughs> Aaron's, Aaron's birthday is tomorrow. Would you get her? You got me out of the house for a night in a month. There you go. <laughs> a month? It's only in 15 days. Well, whatever. Dude, awesome. Yeah. You already got the tickets and everything? Mm -hmm. Oh, fuck yeah. You knew about this. I did. Look at you guys. Only for, only, only for, for like literally three hours. Right. <laughs> Awesome, sweet. Oh, that's really awesome of you to do that, Michael. I know it is. All right, so uh, <laughs> before we move into this week, uh, let's talk a little bit about last week and some, some shit we got wrong. Oh, no. Some lies we spread. Yeah. Stupid! You're so stupid! All right, so uh, last week we were talking about the Saw movies, and uh -huh. uh, we talked about how Saw 4, 5, and 6 were written by uh, Patrick Melton and Marcus Dunstan. Nope. Nope, nope, they were. <laughs> um, anyway, I had mentioned, though, that the uh, they, they were the duo behind a whole bunch of other movies, including The Collector and The Collection. Mm -hmm. uh, and I had mentioned that Patrick Melton directed those as well. He did not. It was yeah. Marcus Dunstan that directed them. Oh. So, that's right all. On. That's, nope. the only, that's the only thing we have wrong. <laughs> nope. We're, we're, get, we're getting better at uh, not spreading... No, we're not. ...false truths. Spreading Shinfo. This this is not really a correction, but uh, but Greg Greg is like an episode behind, so he texted me after the hot sauce one, when we did kill it with fire. Was that last week? Was that two weeks ago? And uh, he said, "Oh, Nando's, I love Nando's," and I thought he was just talking about the hot sauce. And he and he told me that it's actually a restaurant. Did you know Nando's was a restaurant? Oh, really? Uh, no. Yeah, there's only like one in. There's only I think there's only one in the U.S., but it's apparently a big thing over in the U.K. Hmm. And he lived over there for a while, so. Interesting. 
I finished that entire bottle of Nick because I kind of forgot that I took it home. I finished the entire bottle yesterday and today. Really, dude, it's so fucking good. Was like, that the wait, lemon I was, one? like, I wasn't even hungry. I was just looking for reasons to eat that stuff. Was that, so the, I would the, just, was that the lemon one? It was. Yeah, it had yeah. like Ooh, lemon, oh, lemon puree yeah. and garlic. Fuck, that, that was, was so a, good. Just a good tasting sauce. Yeah, mm-hmm. overall. And that's why I ate the hell out of it the last couple of days. <clears throat> All right, so moving on. Uh, what are we drinking this week, James? Well, this week we're talking about. John Carpenter's Halloween. And? Rob Zombie's Halloween. And? That's it. All right. <laughs> <laughs> and then? So, uh... Don't end that! <laughs> so, Michael went out. We got a twofer. We got we a twofer today. Yeah, we got a... We, we doubled up tonight. It's Halloween. It's a party. <clears throat> My, Michael <laughs> Michael went out and uh, and decided to take, a, take one for the team because Mike hates pumpkin beer. Well, I didn't get the I didn't get the pumpkin beer. You didn't? I no, brought John, that one. Oh, you got John, this one. Yeah, yeah, John John brought the uh, the pumpkin beer. Well, you do have to drink the I pumpkin know I do. beer. So I know. fuck off. <laughs> uh, so John went out and got Jawjacker from Arcadia Ales. Arcadia uh, Arcadia is from Michigan, right? See, si. where is it? Oh, Kalamazoo, Michigan. We. Oui. Uh, where the hell did I put? Oh, okay. So uh, Jawjacker is an ale with spices added: cinnamon, allspice, and nutmeg. Is it? That doesn't really actually say anything about. Pumpkin, it's a pumpkin. It's beer. just Jaw Jacker. I, I think it's because of I think it's because of the allspice. My next girlfriend that I named that Jaw Jacker. <laughs> <laughs> Real toothy. Um, <laughs> I think I well because you put allspice in pumpkin pie, right? Yeah. yeah. So that's probably what gives it the pumpkin essence. Probably. Let me see it. The pumpkiny essence. There's got to be pumpkin in here, right? Um, where's the actual thing about the? Sorry, oh, I, I should be. On, you were just looking at it on the bottom. No, this is like just a thing about Arcadia Ales. Oh, might not have it then. Uh, no beer description. Yeah, we're not going to do that one, I guess. And that That's... one, that one, he just has the bottle. Well, this one, I just have the bottle. The other one that we're doing tonight is uh, from Trooper, and it is called Hallowed, inspired by Belgium, made in England. Uh, this one comes from British rock legends, Iron Maiden. Oh yeah, of course. It's yeah. got uh, it's got what the hell's his name? Brucey Dick. Brucey. <laughs> no, 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 no. The the zombie. Oh, I don't. Have... What's the zombie? He's the trooper. Yeah, the trooper. Oh, he has a name. Oh, he has a, oh, yeah. He has, uh, he has a name. Oh, I can't think of what it is. John's gonna look it up for us real quick. Yeah. So, uh, British rock legends Iron Maiden and independent family brewers Robinsons have revealed a brand new Belgian style beer, Hallowed. This new ale follows on from the success of the original Trooper, which has sold over 15 million pints since its launch in 2013 and previous limited edition beer, Trooper 666 and Red and Black. Once again, the dynamic duo of Robinson's master brewer Martin Weeks and Iron Maiden's lead vocalist and ale aficionado Bruce Dickinson have teamed up to create something very special for beer and music fans alike. There's a super long quote from Bruce Dickinson, and I'm not going to read it. (laughs) Uh yeah, so Pop. that's that's it. So it is despite pumpkin on the recipe for uh, the jaw jagger here. It's what? It's despite pumpkin. Despite there's no pumpkin in it. Oh, basically. Okay. But it is a pumpkin pie. Who yeah, cares? I think because it's got the allspice and nutmeg. Mm-hmm. Did you find his name or not? Yeah, I picked the uh, the, the the trooper one though because I figured hallowed Halloween. You know, made Absolutely. sense. Absolutely made that sense. That is uh, that's that's astute. And then John astute, and then John Michael. brought the seasonal taste of Halloween. So uh, I did. Which one of these do you guys want to try first? We're, we're spit roasting this holiday. What? <laughs> <laughs> oh jeez. Um, which one of these? Which one of these do you want to try oh, I don't first? Care. I don't care. Pick one. Uh, we'll do we'll do the hallowed first, I sure. guess. Yeah. All right. 
We only got four of those, so. And uh, I bought no, you all have, so all so SOL, Jen. I think you're Story actually out. thinking of the um, oh Eddie mascot Eddie Eddie, Eddie. okay it. yeah Eddie is I'm the name of the zombie. Eddie, Eddie, that wasn't right. Yeah, I thought I honestly thought I was kind of mistaking that for the um, repeated artwork of uh, the uh, artwork on this bottle is badass too. Badass. It's really Megadeth. Cool. Oh me- yeah, all right. Oh yeah. He's got a name too. And oh, we're, Eddie is the trooper. And we're yeah. using we're, we're using my brand new Friday the 13th bottle opener. James, this give, thing that is, thing, give the thing a drop on the table. Yeah, here. this thing is formidable. Ow! <laughs> it's as solid as Jason you Voorhees. Know, you know the sound, the sound that it makes every time you open a bottle? So this is hallowed, inspired by Belgium. Cheers to All Hallows Eve. All Hallows. There's a lot of chugging sounds. Ooh. Ooh. I didn't expect That's that. That's really good. Holy shit. I dig. Makes me want to run for the it's hills. It's very florally, actually. <laughs> we said that a lot about beers, but this one, that, there's a that, lot of... That's that Belgian inspiration. Like, a lot of Belgian yeah. beers have that that kind of... It, it tastes... Uh, well, it's got the same kind of, uh, like, Hogarden. Yeah. It has that same cup. My dad wouldn't be able to drink this because he says that Belgian beers have sort of an incense taste. It, it gave me a flavor like a of a, cer- taste. a certain kind of food or something at first on the first uh, aftertaste. Is it goat's milk? Possibly. <laughs> so I was reading something um, earlier about this beer, and they were saying something about this is uh, made uh, with Robinsons, which is I believe another brewery. Yeah, it is. Yep. And uh, they're well, saying they make that the not the another yeast... brewery. It is. They're, oh, okay. Yeah. Well, the Robinsons yeast makes all of it. that they use for, uh, for I think it's this particular beer, the Belgian yeast, uh-huh. is from like the 1800s. It's the same culture oh, like the that same. they've wow. kept alive. So Ooh. it's like OG yeast. OG yeast. That's my new rap name, OG yeast. Like a, <laughs> is it a, is it, <laughs> your your, your no, debut should, album is called The Infection. No, it should be called uh, G Yeasty. <laughs> G Yeasty. <laughs> Somebody's cooking up some sourdough in this bitch. Michael, All right. you, you said it florally about a lot of the beers. Would your, you say this your is Your first a... hit signal is Grandma's Home. <laughs> Mike, would you say this is a mood piece beer? It's a mood piece. It's a mood piece. You could literally take uh, one drink of this beer and put it up on your wall, and it would just it would look beautiful. Shut oh, me. I hate you Every, all No, so ev- much. everyone hates you, Mike. I know. All right. <laughs> 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 All right, uh, that's it for the beer we're drinking tonight. We'll do the jaw jacker in a little while, so why don't we get into the bleed feed? The bleed feed. <laughs> All right, uh, so this uh, this has been a bad week for celebrities losing their lives, and a lot of them. Um, not so much celebrities that maybe everybody has heard of, but celebrities in their own right. Uh, we're going to start with a guy named Robert Goulamay. Uh, if you've never heard of Robert Goulamay before. Robert Goulet? Goulet. Is it, Goulet. Is, it, is, it, is it Goulet? Is that how you say it? I'm talking about the singer, Robert Goulet. Oh. <laughs> it's Robert Goulet, I believe is how you say his name. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, he's an Emmy Award winning actor. Um, and the reason that we are bringing him up is because he was the very first, back in 1990, he was the very first African American to play the role of the Phantom in The Phantom of the Opera. Oh, no. Uh, in the off, I think it was off Broadway, I believe. It was in LA. So I don't think, I think LA is off Broadway. Yep. I don't know. 
I believe Broadway Broadway is terms. in New York. Yeah. Broadway's in New York, okay, Mike. Okay. So I, yeah, well, I, I would say I, don't, I would up. say it's about three thousand miles. I mean, off I get jerseys <laughs> off Broadway, Mikey. You stupid Shut fuck. up. All right, whatever. Um, anyway, though, Robert Goulamay uh, was the very first actor to portray the Phantom. Um, being an African American, um, if you don't know, you probably don't know him from that role. Most people, but the role that you most likely know him from was the voice of Rafiki in The Lion King. Oh, I see. Oh shit. Oh, um, so uh, that's a classic, classic mm-hmm. voice. So, uh, so rest in peace to Robert Goulamay. I'm. I, I just looked him up, and uh, I want to say I don't. This is actually kind of a hard one, but I I want to say that is not how you say his last name. I. This comes across as maybe a French name to me. Like Guillaume or something like that. Hold on, go down a little bit. Oh, he was in Big Fish too. Yeah, I don't sure. know. Sure, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, don't know. <laughs> I just I don't think it's Goulamé. No, that's okay. all I'm saying. Well, I tried. Or Goul- I don't. I don't know. I don't know. Go, I, go. Whatever. Okay, go. <laughs> uh, also, um, rest in peace to musician uh, Daisy Berkowitz this oh, year. I know. Founding member of Marilyn Manson. Oh. Very much horror-themed band. Sure. Um, he played with the band uh, on their first two records, and then he recorded half of Antichrist Superstar uh, before he left the band yep. due to creative differences. <clears throat> What's his last name? Uh, Berkowitz? Daisy Berkowitz. Okay. Um, anyway, he passed away of colon cancer mm. this past oh, week. Wow. Uh, and I don't know about you guys, but Antichrist Superstar was a seminal record for me growing up. Like, that was... Probably one of the best, heaviest records I had heard yeah, in I, forever. Like, I was a huge. It still Manson is fan. one of the heaviest records of you know. I, I, I remember by, bringing like the <clears throat> Marilyn Manson had a book he wrote, and I brought it to school in Long fifth grade to read it. Hell. And, yeah. and they were like, "Oh, people were scared that I was reading this book." And I, I, I remember. Awesome. Well, I, judging from that story you told before about how you almost stabbed a kid at school, I don't. I can. <laughs> yeah. I can definitely understand why. <laughs> I remember when. Uh, I remember when I was younger. It was. It was back before I had ever actually listened to Marilyn Manson. And my next door neighbors, uh, Greg, my friend Greg, that I always talk about, his older sister told us about this this band, this guy, Marilyn Manson, and how if you listened to his music, it would give you like horrible night terrors. Yeah. It, it was like a it, it it wasn't it wasn't just that the music would do it. It was literally like a conspiracy theory that he had some some element in the music that mm-hmm. that subconsciously was planting the seed in your brain that would give you night terrors i think um i think the only thing that i can think of that never happened to me <clears throat> clearly but well I think- no so my point was like i for years like well, not years but for a while like i was petrified i wouldn't you wouldn't listen i wouldn't to listen it? to it i was yeah. like no i don't want to have nightmares well, i remember um i i i remember when um the sweet dreams video came out so this was the record before antichrist superstar mm-hmm. remember when sweet dreams <clears throat> came out i was mesmerized by that song mm-hmm. it was the sound of his voice and like the music i don't know the whole thing just like a this perfect storm of like like musical debauchery uh-huh. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> like, i don't know it was it was they a uh, cool thing on that record they they recorded a lot of their guitar stuff and octave up and then and then tuned it down digitally Oh, really? give it that that custom different kind of sound for it. Oh wow! Oh, um, Daisy Berkowitz, by the way, real name is Scott Poteski, forty nine years old, I believe. Okay. okay. Wow. His name, his stage name, came from the uh, combining Daisy Duke from the Dukes of Hazard with the serial killer David David Berkowitz. Berkowitz. Oh, that's oh, pretty much know, that's how everyone in the David band. David Berkowitz yeah. is Marilyn Monroe, Charles Manson, Marilyn Manson. No, it makes okay. sense. David uh, Berkowitz was the son of Sam, right? I that I honestly don't I think, know. I think I, he was the son of Sam. Okay. Yeah. 
Well, rest in peace <clears throat> to uh, to him. Yeah. Uh, and then the last one, which is the biggest one for me, I'm not sure how big of fans you guys were, uh, but this week we lost Italian filmmaking legend Umberto Lezzi. Mm-hmm. Um, Umberto, bleh, I can't talk. Umberto Lenzi. There, there we go. go. He's a um, legend, but you can't say his name. <laughs> <laughs> um, he, uh, my favorite movie that he's ever done was Nightmare City. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you've never seen it, um, there's a movie that Robert Rodriguez did called Planet Terror. It was one of the Grindhouse movies. Mm-hmm. It's very similar to Nightmare City. I remember when I first saw Nightmare City, I go, oh my God, this is the same movie. Mm-hmm. Like, I've, um, heard, I've heard a lot of people say that. Yeah, there's a lot of lot of similarities to it. But uh, so I... I the original Nightmare City, though, is absolutely an incredible Italian zombie flick. Uh, he's also responsible for Cannibal Ferox, probably, which probably is... best known for Cannibal Ferox, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, probably. And um, it was—it's kind of like Cannibal Ferox is kind of like the, the little brother to Cannibal Holocaust, mm-hmm. is the best way to to, to say it. Um, both iconic in their own rights, um, and he's and he his his catalog of movies runs deep. Uh, it just let's just like I said, legendary filmmaker from uh, from Italy. So. Uh, Rest in peace to him. Died at the age of 86. Um, his uh, cause of death was not released, but um, but yeah, rest in peace. Uh, I think John wanted to throw one in real quick. Yeah, too. he's not very. He's it's, not known in the horror movie. This is not horror related, all, but, it, it, but it's it's deep to us because yeah. we're both huge fans. Yeah. So uh, unfortunately, <laughs> Canadian legend John Dunsworth, uh, known more more recently for portraying Jim Leahy from the Trailer Park Boys. Yeah. Um, recently passed uh, at the age of 71 from a short and unexpected illness. That's pretty much all the family uh, will release at this time, and they are asking for privacy during this. Um, I know the three guys who were the creators were extremely caught off guard. Um, this one, well, it was very unexpected, this one, this one bummed know. me out it, so yeah. much. Well, and then, I mean, to kind of add to it, um, <clears throat> in also non-horror anything related, um, a band very closely tied to the trailer park boys uh the tragically hip gored down the singer uh passed away i believe like two or three days later right of uh another de- disease i believe he was like 52 or 53 yeah crazy so two canadian legends lost uh very close together yeah i was super bummed out to hear about yeah. john dunsworth and the one thing like as an actor if you look at him he plays a phenomenal raging alcoholic <laughs> on screen <laughs> he does he does and the funny thing is is he does not drink Oh, he doesn't. Or he at did all. not drink at all. There, there's quotes is saying like, you know, it was very funny that he played such a, well, you know, a good alcoholic for not being a drinker, and One he actually <laughs> kind of even was quoted in the past of saying like, he wasn't really proud of, you know, playing and portraying like, you know, being the poster boy for a drunk, but he was, damn, he was good at it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, what on. else do you have, Mikey? All right. So in not as depressing news, uh, John Carpenter news. Lots of John Carpenter today. Yeah. Uh, tons of John Carpenter news. This was the, the most important one that I thought, though. We talked about how John Carpenter is uh, producing an anthology television series for sci-fi called Tales for a Halloween Night. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, and great. it was confirmed that John Carpenter will direct at least one episode of the series. Sweet. Uh, as of right now, that episode being the pilot. So he will for sure direct the pilot episode. And it sounds as though they're leaving the door open for future episodes mm-hmm. for him to get back into the uh, directing chair. Cool. So that's that's very exciting. More more John Carpenter behind the camera. Please. More Thank every, you. More everything John Carpenter. <laughs> well, wouldn't you want the strongest director on your staff to be the <clears throat> one to do the pilot? Because that's the one that determines whether well, or not your show is going to continue. Yeah. Well, uh, another piece of news I didn't write down, but on, on the heels of that, uh, they're talking about how every director for an episode, uh, he wants and they want to be 
somebody from the horror community. Like, oh, like they want really? like, all pe- it's very similar to like um the uh, Masters of Horror where all the people that directed those were very well known horror directors. Oh, that's gonna be great. I mean so, it, it makes sense, right? And Mick Garris is doing a similar series too, so it kinda seems like a lot of these guys are gonna have a lot of work <clears throat> should they choose to do it. Right. Which is which is very, very exciting. I think cool. that's gonna be a very good move. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, speaking of another person we're talking about today, Rob Zombie's in the news. Oh. Uh, Rob Zombie announced uh, or confirmed that he is resurrecting the Devil's Rejects for a new yes. movie. Yes. Officially. Uh, it'll be curious to see how he does it, considering that they drove into a barrage of gunfire <laughs> and died at the end of the last movie. Yeah. Um, but who knows? It's Rob Zombie, so he can talk his way out of anything. Um, well. Now, it's it, it remains to be seen whether or not it's going to All be... All he's got to do uh, is say cocksucker motherfucker a few times and he's pretty much talked his way out of it they go to the, they go to see the wizard if you say cocksucker motherfucker three times <laughs> you get whisked back home <laughs> um anyway though uh who knows if it's going to be on the family or if it's going to be new characters or spin-off characters no one knows Man, we, uh, but we, it's going to be in that that series we saw sid haig back in what may yes at the uh, motor city nightmares convention he's He's getting up there in the years, so it'll be interesting. Like it, it'll Heavily be interesting to see if if they do come back with with the same family with the Firefly family to see if if he's gonna be you know what in though there doing you know thing. what though he could be he could be a hundred and ten years old and I don't think that man will ever lose his spiteful spunk. <clears throat> that's the, that's the <laughs> like, thing is like when we saw be, him, he will be yelling on his deathbed like the day he was dying. What's well, the thing when, <laughs> when we saw him in, in, in real life, like it, you know, we, we actually got a chance to go up and talk to him and, and, and meet him and take some pictures and stuff like that. And he, uh, he, he like, I don't mean this in a disrespectful way, but he seems he's pretty feeble in real life. It looks but, like it. Yeah. But I, I don't doubt that. Like you just said, he's still got that fire where he could just, yeah, as yeah. soon as the camera, as soon as somebody yells action, he just fucking turns it on, you know? So well, I feel Christopher Walken's the same way. I mean, he's so, just up there in years, but you put him in behind a, or in front of a camera, rather. I mean, he'll well, make it not, happen. Not horror related <laughs> whatsoever, but I worked. I, I was fortunate enough to work a couple days on a Clint Eastwood movie, mm-hmm. and Clint Eastwood in real life, like me, he moves slow and he's very methodical and he's very like he's old. Uh-huh. He's an old guy. He's a grandpa. Like yeah. he's he, and he acts his age. You put him in front of a camera, that man comes alive. Yeah, he talks like, to empty like chairs that. and all kinds of shit. <laughs> <laughs> My point is, though, is like you know that, that deep, gravelly, like Clint yeah. Eastwood voice. That's not his bro voice. Like he's very soft spoken in real life. He's very like, mm-hmm. you know, to the point. Whatever, you know, uh, moves moves slow. But like I said, methodical. You in front of the camera though, that deep, gravelly voice comes out. He's running around like, and it's it's crazy. Like these yeah, guys, a, it's in their blood. It's like he's a grade A badass. That's for oh, sure. That's true <laughs> for sure. <laughs> Um, okay, uh, moving on here. This will be the last uh, little bit of news here because, like I said, it was kind of a slower news week. Um, but this is exciting. After Godzilla King of Monsters wraps up, Mike Doherty has said that he wants Trick or Treat 2 to be his next film. Yeah. He wants to finish writing the movie uh, during post on Godzilla, and he wants that to be his next film. Awesome. Whether it happens remains to be seen. He did put that out there, but that's what he's uh, focusing on right now. That's one That's one that I forgot <laughs> to mention earlier. Like That's another movie that I... I <clears throat> is in my rotation for Halloween from now on. Yeah, it's, uh, Trick or Treat was so awesome. Trick or Treat was my favorite Halloween <clears throat> movie uh, aside from Halloween uh, until Tales of Halloween came yeah. out, and I, and I think it ousted it. Yeah, which is sad because they're well amazing uh, movie. But I don't view life as a competition at oh, all I, times, oh, Michael. Oh, I, <laughs> I do. Are you kidding me? <laughs> so I still enjoy both of them. <laughs> uh, anyway, that's that's all I got for the news this week, guys. 
Um, a little it, bit of a slow news week. There's nothing. There's nothing regarding Trick or Treat too, other than that. Like he just he wants to do it. Well, he had announced it back in 2005 that he was going to be doing it, and then it just kind of fell off. It just wasn't to be at the time, and so now people want it. Clearly, you know, he wants to do it. He's never not wanted to do it. Right. Uh, it just seems the timing right now is uh, is going to be uh, better for it. So, right on. Cool. Fingers crossed. Yes. That actually happens. Right on. Um. So yeah. That's it. That's it. That's it. Well, let's uh. Let's carve some some jack o' lanterns and put on a Halloween costume or a William Shatner mask. And it worked. Yep. And let's let's do the thing. Boom! That was the news. <laughs> Just play the theme song. <laughs> Throughout this, you'll see faces ripped apart with hooks, a man slashing himself into a bloody pulp, and graphic, macabre, torturous images that defy description. So we are back. We have candy. No, we don't. We have masks. We do. I might have some candy somewhere. Oh, actually. You? We yeah. should have had candy. And you brought the wrong kind of this mask. Is, this is a bad Halloween party with no candy, guys. Um, anyway, so we're talking about Halloween uh, original and Halloween remake mm-hmm. and compare and contrasting. We did this uh, a few weeks back with the Friday 13th, or not Friday 13th, the Nightmare on Elm Street mm-hmm. series. Mm-hmm. And uh, we had a blasty blast. So. <laughs> Had a blasty blast. Blasty, 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 blast. blast. So we figured, why not, uh, you know, for Halloween, talk about, well, Halloween. Halloween, why not? It seems to make sense to me. It does, and it's kind of funny how the second time I'm on here, it's another John Carpenter movie. Oh, yeah. No, that? Oh, look at that. Ooh, that means that you can't come on any more than yeah, that. Yeah, so the, be bad how many more so movies old... does John Carpenter have? We could do every one. Of them. A shit ton. Well, like exactly. 20, 21 more or something, something like, like that. that. Yeah. So I got well, 20. So the, the so open, my time is limited. The open door policy has officially been uh, revoked. Revoked. The and you, shut. you can only come on whenever we're talking about John Carpenter movies. That's the deal. Fair. You, is that is that cool with you? Hey. Okay. Do you, All right, do you guys so, want to change the terms and conditions to? So, so Halloween from 1978. 15 years after murdering his sister on Halloween night, 1963, Michael Myers escapes from a mental hospital and returns to the small town of Haddonfield to kill again. Now, so, new Halloween that is coming out. Yes. Uh, it's, it's, it's fun that we watch this now, and we don't need to watch any of the other ones, because the new one that is coming out next year picks up directly after this movie, yep. which is going to be very interesting to see how they wrap this into it and uh, and everything else. Which um, I actually brought up a couple weeks ago, because we were talking about that, and I said, well, it, does it really make sense because of the whole... There's a part in Halloween where uh, Michael steals his sister's... I, I mistakenly said his mother's yeah. grave. I think he kind of blows your theory, though, out of water now, because... No, it's the same thing. It's just a different person. He steals his sister's headstone and then puts it in the house uh, with uh, was it Annie's dead uh-huh. body? Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah. It for basically for Lori to stumble upon. And so my whole thing was, well, how are they going to completely disregard his relation to Lori if if he went out of his way to do that? But uh, after rewatching it, I, I think that it could just be. Uh, the the it, way we talked about it last night, it, it was more like he was going back to sort of 
recreate that. That, that night that's in a exactly way. what I thought it was. Yeah. He took the grave because he was basically recreating what you know where, what he started with his sister, and then you know continuing on from there. Right. It's basically the, is what I got. From right. It. So um, the whole idea of starting over and not not you know like not having any relation between Lori and and Michael makes a little more sense to yep. me now. Yep. Yeah. Um, okay. So what what can you say about Halloween that hasn't been said already? Um, this movie is an it's, crap. It's, it's a well, uh, not only is it <laughs> crap, but it's also a masterpiece. Yeah. Masterpiece of crap, maybe. Crapsterpiece. Crap. <laughs> Crapsterpiece theater. <laughs> uh, no, it is. It is hands down a masterpiece of horror. It is. It single handedly brought slasher films to the forefront. I mean, there was Black Christmas before that, which actually Carpenter got a lot of inspiration from. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, though, that movie didn't do what Halloween did. You know, Halloween uh, cemented the genre into people's consciousness. Like it, it, it started everything it, it yeah. kicked off the whole 80s <clears throat> horror craze it, it's it's the grandpappy if you will of ev- everything of everything that we love of horror you know yeah. it's it's, well, he it's did kind it, of the og he did it in a way that was just like there's there's so much <clears throat> that's frightening about this movie because of like how little back story you yeah. get it's just in the beginning you see young michael kill his sister seemingly for no damn reason Mm-hmm. And then it just picks up 15 years later, yeah. and he's which I prefer. Yeah. I do that outlook to it. Well, it's it's all point of view in the beginning too. It's like when I went back this morning and rewatched it for the first time, and I can't even tell you how long. I'm like, okay, is this just a shaky cam for the time? And then I realized, oh wait, no, it's it's well, point of well, view. He's got a mask on. Well, no, no, no. But easy no. To, he, he doesn't put the mask on. on until oh, the it's right. You're right. You're right. You're so right. So it's like okay. And then I realized once he gets in the back door, the light flicks on. I go, oh, right, right, right. This is point of view. So and, it really has been a long time since you watched it. It has. Yeah. Fun I, fact: you know the arm that you see of Michael, you know, reaching out and grabbing every now and then. Uh-huh. That was fake. actually that was actually the arm of Deborah Hill, the producer. Oh, because they, really? Because they didn't have. Uh, I, they didn't have a young Michael on set or whatever it was, and so that's why when she reaches forward, if you pay attention to her nails, they're very nice and manicured. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and honestly, it looked like a mannequin hand that they yeah, because yeah, it, it was very petite. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, it was her. Uh, I think it was Deborah Hill. If not, it'll be a correction. But it was somebody else's hands, though. But uh, yeah. Um, anyway, um, yeah, it, it's it. This movie's a masterpiece. You know, it. Um, I don't know. Help me out. Help me out here. Um, well, I, I, a lot of it has to do with, for me, like the, the cast is great. I, it's, it's like, it, it's obviously like a quintessential, like classic slasher. And back in the day, the, uh, like the acting, the acting was like, I don't want to say like, I don't want to say that it was bad acting. It was like, cause when you compare it to, when you compare it to movies these days, obviously like world-class actors these days it's it's a different kind of performance that you get it's like so realistic that you just get sucked in in that way but these types of movies like these old slashers the acting is it's borderline cheesy Uh and i think that's what makes me like them so much it's because it's it's scary stuff and it's it's rooted in like some really dark kind of creepy themes but at the same time this like overblown acting is yeah it's kind of what. Well, it's I don't, I don't think that's any different than nowadays too though. I mean, you think about it, you know, back in the 70s there was absolutely incredible movies with with ridiculously good acting. Like they 
big Hollywood movies, like look at like movies like Apocalypse Now, for example. You know, like those movies have breathtaking performances. I guess they were, they I guess I'm talking incredible. I guess I'm talking more in like the in the horror. Genre. Yeah, well, it's no difference. It's no different than low budget horror films of today, though. Right. The acting is not up to par with big Hollywood movies, and yeah. it wasn't back then either. This was Jamie Lee Curtis's very first feature film. You yeah. know, uh, I, I don't think PJ. Uh, so do you, PJ Souls. PJ Souls. I don't think that she had done a heck of a whole lot before then. So do the you only think... seasoned actor, sorry, but the only seasoned actor was uh, Donald, Donald Pleasance. Pleasance. Yeah. And his acting's pretty. It's good. <laughs> it's good. It's a little stiff though. <laughs> I no, I I love Loomis in this original movie and and in the second movie because he's so. He's so grave about everything, mm-hmm. and I yeah. think I, you know, obviously you would be if you knew, if you were Michael's doctor for fifteen years and you knew that the like the evil that resided Pure within him, evil, Pure evil, like you would probably be pretty grave about it too. But he's so dramatic; like he plays it so straight. Yeah, yeah. like it, it's it's straight to the point of. It's kind of comical. It, uh, yeah, yeah. It, it, it kind of like it's it goes all the way around. It's so bad or so. Well, Aaron, I don't know. Aaron and I always talk about our favorite line, and it's <laughs> and it's actually from the second movie. And it's it's a uh, Loomis comes up on this uh, a guy in the neighborhood, and and the guy goes, uh, "Oh man, like I'm I'm tr- I've been trick or treated to death." And Loomis just goes, "You don't know what death is." <laughs> and it's, it's so dramatic when he says it. It's because you kind of put yourself in that guy's. From that guy's perspective, like, who's this weird old man who's telling me this, like, super dramatic thing on Halloween night? Like, all the kitties just got done trick-or-treating, and there's just this crazy asshole. You don't know what death is. <laughs> and it's like, I mean, okay, okay that's the character, you that's, calm down a little that's bit. That's the character of Rumus, though. Like, yeah, he's, he absolutely. is that kind of crazy, you know, psychiatrist that just... That's how he is, mm-hmm. and and Malcolm McDowell does a phenomenal oh job at playing. Okay, okay. <laughs> so we are comparing contrasting, so we don't need to wait to get Con- into it. Contrasting, contrasting, contrastinating. Yeah. Um, um, trademark. Yeah, this this will uh, kind of, this will kind of end up <laughs> this this will probably end up being like when we did uh, when we compared the two nightmare movies. Yeah, we're just gonna go back and forth. We're just um, gonna bounce yeah. back and forth. So I, th- uh, Malcolm McDowell in the role of Loomis, I think is one of the more perfect casting choices that I have ever seen in a mm-hmm. horror remake. Period. End of story. Pack it up. Ship it. I 110% like, agree it with is, you on that one. It is incredible. Do you prefer him over Donald Pleasance? Um, I... Ooh, ooh, careful. God, careful, Mike. That's know. a tough one. <laughs> this is, I don't know. I don't know. I really, listen, listen, listen. I really like Malcolm McDowell. Yeah. As an actor, even outside of this, mm-hmm. though. So, seeing him in that role... I think what's perfect, and, and and I get it, they're both British, but like, they're no. But my point is though, is it, it works? There's not such this disconnect between the two characters playing, or the, between the two actors playing the same character, mm-hmm. and it's it's almost nice that they did go with another British actor because it doesn't pull you out as much. You know right. what I'm saying? Like you know Loomis by that voice and by the way that he uh, carries himself, and Malcolm McDowell did such a fantastic job you know with the direction of rob zombie to to pay tribute to donald pleasant's performance mm-hmm. as well as bring a little bit more of malcolm mcdowell himself to it and i think it's it's an absolutely perfect blend of the character and of the actor and it, it just worked and and honestly i think if, if there's one thing that the <clears throat> rob zombie version got the most right mm-hmm. it's that is it's his character yeah, um, I it, like one one angle that I really liked that they took with with uh, with the Rob Zombie version is 
his connection to Michael. Like, there's actually even, there's one point in time where he's explaining to him, and this is this is 15 years down the road where it, it's basically like his last meeting with Michael because he realizes that he's it's he's beyond hope, he can't help him. Yeah. And he he goes so far as to say that I, I think you're actually, in a way, you're my best friend. Yeah. Which is, it, it speaks so much to how he's much... He's given his life. Yeah, he's like, given his entire life over to this kid and... and, and has done everything that he can. He's spent every single day with him for 15 years. You know what it struck me as? Now, I don't mean to cut and you I off. Ju- I ju- no, I just, I'm just saying, like, I really I really like that aspect of it. What it <clears> struck <throat> me as is the when he was sitting down, uh, Child Michael, in, uh, in the remake. Mm-hmm. He's sitting down, uh, Child Michael, in the psychiatric home, and, and he's basically, he's essentially, he's like a husband that is madly in love with his wife, but he's telling her that he needs a divorce because he just doesn't know what to do anymore. Right. He still loves this woman, still loves, you know, he loves Michael to a certain degree, um, but he just, he's just spent. Like, he's completely spent and he's basically, like, he's divorcing a wife that he still loves. Mm, yeah. And it's hard on him too. You can see that it's hard on him. You know? And, well, because, um, like, even as he goes to leave the place, he, like, turns around yeah. and, and, like, looks back at the place. Like, yeah. Yeah, he's, it's, he's, yeah. he's having a really hard time coping with the fact that this is the last time that he's going to be with like, him, but he's... He's beyond this point. You I like know? to like think can't... that he's Leonardo DiCaprio, DiCaprioing Michael Myers. That point, he goes, "I'll never let go." Oh, as he's walking out, that oh, is. Uh, Not only did you Le- butcher pronouncing Leo's name, you just made a horrible, horrible analogy. Not, to, not to mention Leo didn't say that. It was Kate Winslet that said that. Yeah. Jesus. Eh, it still fits. So um, everything about what you just said was wrong. Yeah. So I. I'm it was gonna, a Titanic scene. Okay. Oh boy. I'm gonna I'm gonna voice my opinion on this one. So, uh, kind of going back to the Malcolm McDowell or Donald Pleasance as Loomis. I think in each context they were the perfect person to play that role. Sure. I don't believe Malcolm McDowell would his portrayal of Loomis would have fit in John Carpenter's he fit very well because he was able to get all of that out and build up his character in Rob Zombie's rendition of it because they spent so much time in the beginning of the movie when Michael Myers was a child. Because in the original, he's only six. In the remake, he's ten. Yeah, you're you're absolutely right. Because like with, with the 1978 version, there's not that much backstory. So it wouldn't really... like. Jumping 15 years ahead in the timeline and showing uh, Loomis as this really caring, compassionate person doesn't work so much because no. you haven't seen that connection between the two of them. Uh, so that's that's a good point. Uh, so I I found this out um, when I was doing a little bit of research today. I didn't actually realize this. I I don't often watch television cuts of movies when they include them on uh, like special edition DVDs or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm lucky enough to have one of those 15 disc <laughs> Halloween box sets that Scream Factory put out uh, a little while back. You got it for a steal too. I didn't did you? I did I got it for like 90 bucks. It sells for like close to 300 now. Jesus. Um, anyway. Uh, so, I, I'm not sure if they all come with it or not, but that set comes with the television cut of John Carpenter's Halloween. Mm-hmm. And in the television cut, because a lot of times what they'll do is they'll cut out a lot of gore for television, and they need to make up that time. And so what they'll do is that they will go back and they will reshoot scenes and add them into the movie. And uh, from my understanding, I haven't seen it, but from my understanding, one of the scenes they went back and they reshot for John Carpenter's is uh, John Carpenter went and got... Um, 
Donald Pleasance with and a child actor, and they actually did film scenes of Donald Pleasance in the psychiatric home with child Michael. Oh, did they really? Um, and that is kind of where all of that in the Rob Zombie version kind of comes from. Okay. Um, also, this blew my fucking mind because I didn't know about this. Um, right after the release of Halloween, there was a novelization of the movie. And that novelization talks a ton about not only the child Michael Myers story, but where the entire thing came from. And um, I'm going to read a little ex- excerpt that I found had found online here. All right, so uh, the book elaborates on aspects not featured in the film, such as origins of the curse of Samhain and Michael Myers' life in Smith's Grove Sanitarium. Mm-hmm. Uh, the prologue of the novel takes place at the dawn of the Celtic race in Ireland and tells the story of a young 15-year-old disfigured boy named Enda who is passionately in love with the King Gwyndal's daughter, Deirdre. Uh, Deirdre. Deidre. Deidre. That's it. I, I, I can't even see your computer and I can tell what that name is. Deidre. You stupid idiot. Um, after being severely humiliated for attempting to win her love, Edna attacks and brutally slays Deidre in a, uh, and her fiance at the community ritual event on Halloween. Edna is immediately killed by the other members of the village and his soul is cursed to wander the earth forever, recreating the events of that night. Really? So what happens is this novelization basically explains what Michael Myers is and best that I can gather if if this is actual canon is that the spirit of Edna basically takes over Michael Myers and they're reenacting he's re- it's a curse so this actually this comes into uh, into play in one of the later Halloween now, installments is, now Jem would, Jem would know this Myers. probably better than the rest of us in the curse of Michael Myers is that is it the Samhain curse Okay, so that's okay. So that's where that comes from. So this is canon then. Yeah. So this novel this novelization actually gives a shit ton of backstory and explains why Michael Myers is the way that he is. I'm sure John Carpenter hates it because John Carpenter never wanted any expose. Yeah. Never wanted anyone to know why Michael Myers does it. Never the feet the, the, well, the, the terrifying part of it is that you don't know why the kid's doing it. He just is. John yeah. Car- John Carpenter and Deborah Hill went out of their way they specifically wanted to make uh everything about michael myers completely unrelatable yeah hmm. they didn't want the crowd they didn't want the audience to be able to relate to him at all mm-hmm. because that makes him that much more scary yeah if he's complete if it's if he's just a complete enigma and that's why i we got done we, we were watching the uh the zombie version last night and i i do appreciate what they did with the the backstory, I know that my wife Erin, coming from a from a psychology background, she, she loved, loved the backstory yeah. because yep. she loves uh, she loves like the study of of the mind and like and 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 seeing what would have caused like whether it was environmentally or like environmental or or uh, or just psycho yeah just a uh, uh, genetic. She loves seeing a that pre- predisposition, a to predisposition, yeah, basically a predisposition to being a crazy asshole. She loved that, and I, I did appreciate that. But to me, there's something far more scary about just somebody being a killing machine for no reason whatsoever. Well, I mean, if you look at the way Zombie did it, I mean, yeah, he's you, you get a little bit of that backstory, but it's like if you look at him aside from when like as a child when he's beating the shit out of the kid in the woods with a stick i mean mm-hmm. he's doing it he has a lot of emotion and screaming when he's doing it but then mm-hmm. as soon as he's done 
he just walks away. Like right. nothing it's happened. almost like it's almost like he's got a personality disorder. Yeah. Like when he gets when it's he gets almost he well has he does. It's, it's <laughs> that's exactly what well, it's that like is. when he gets when he gets upset though this other side of him just comes out and he just sees red. Well, he doesn't he even just, remember it. Yeah. He claims when they're in yeah, the hospital. Exactly, he exactly. Just I have no recollection. I don't know what you're talking and it's about. That, and it's that persona that eventually just completely takes him over with the with the exception of one time in the rest of the movie when he's trying to tell. Lori, who she is, yeah, yeah. with the with the photo. Which right. actually, I like that scene quite a bit. Oh, I like, um, and it, that was kind of one of the, <laughs> the one of the bigger things that I kind of took out of the the differences between the two. I mean, they're so similar. With the gravestone disappearing in the original, and John Carpenter's, he puts it over the bed to literally recreate yeah. what he had originally did. And in this one, he brings the, it to the in house. In the basement. Yeah. Well, and it's, yeah, it's in the house. So in the well, original... Well, in, in, in the remake, he brings it back to the Myers house. In the original, he does it in the babysitter's house. Yeah. Right. Well, it's in the sheriff's house because that's yeah. his daughter on the bed. Mm-hmm. And he actually, um, in the original, the sheriff's daughter and her boyfriend die first. And in the remake, it's the girl who complains about doing the three cheers and her boyfriend Annie, in the van Annie. in the van yep. going to the Is Myers house. Linda? No, no, it's Linda. Linda, Linda. Linda. Yeah. sorry. Linda yep. and her boyfriend go to the Myers house and that's where they get killed. Mm-hmm. Yes. So there's differences in where people get killed and the order that they get killed and that's something that I kind of try to pay attention to when yeah. comparing and contrasting these two films. Uh, before we before we uh, get away from it too too far, I do want to talk a little bit more though about the uh, in the remake the, the all the expose we got before, while Michael was a, a child and all that uh, in his house with the, with the broken home and this and that. Yeah. Um. And and where your wife, for example, really appreciated all that expose and 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 all of that. Um. I I gotta be honest with you. I I had a hard time. I haven't seen the remake in in a long time, and uh, this. I remember liking the remake a lot more than I ended up liking it yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a lot of it has to do with with the writing of, of these movies. Yeah. That first, especially the first 10 to the 15 first, minutes. The first 10 minutes they in Laurie in Earth. They are grueling to get through yeah. because Rob Zombie's writing is, I don't want to say that it's so bad, but it's so over the top that it's hard to watch. Yeah. You can only hear cocksucker motherfucker so many fucking times before you just it's draining. Like like and not in a good way. It's I, just like I, I'm yeah. done I, with this. I get what he know? was going for and like and like Aaron said cuz we were kind of talking about this last night and she said, "Well, it's it's it, they're setting up they're they're it's a distinct dichotomy between where Lori came from originally when she was a little baby and where she ended up with this perfect, you know, like perfect happy family yeah. with the Strodes, because like you said, after uh, after the backstory of Michael is over, and and they cut to fifteen years later, it's like two separate movies. I, I said that last night. Like it, yeah, it starts it starts off with just, you're in this like fucking white trash family. Feels house. like two completely different movies. And yeah. like Sherry Sherry Moon Zombie is <laughs> the. I like is, to call is, it hyper stylized white trash. <laughs> that's what that's what Rob Zombie does. He does, and he does yeah. it, and he does it well. It's like, like he he has a way of ma- like me personally, like his his white trashiness in films makes me feel super uncomfortable, and I think he does. That's what he wants. Yeah, yeah. like um, you're like when when uh, what the hell was she, what is what's the mom's name? What is Sherry Moon's? Uh, is she not? Is she just mom in the movie? No, she's got a name. No, she does. Uh, De- Deborah. Deborah yeah. Myers. Deborah yep. Myers. Deborah Myers, and then um, her boyfriend, 
uh, played by William Forsyth, mm-hmm. which I, I like William Forsyth. Right. He's a great actor, but <laughs> yeah. like in this movie, and, and this is, you're completely repulsed by him, and you're supposed to be, but like that first 10 minutes, like you said, it's, it's almost kind of grueling to get through. Like they yeah. just start with like she comes down, she's making breakfast, and she says something about him cleaning up, and he's like, "Bitch, I'm fucking broken over here. Why don't you come sit on this dick and fucking? Yeah. I'm gonna go down to the I'm sit that, on the pole." Yeah, yeah, he says something about the uh, the waitress down at that place. Uh, she's been giving me the eye. I'm gonna, she's got them titties that sag down to her belly button. I'm just gonna drain the yeah, snorkel all yeah. over them big flappy ass titties. And I'm like, yeah, it just give it a fucking rest, Rob. Like here's Rob. <laughs> I I here I, this is this is what I. I thought of last night is is Rob Zombie back when um, when House I remember when House of Thousand Corpses came out it was a revelation to me the movie didn't make a whole lot of sense but stylistically it was like a revelation to me I loved it like yeah. I had never seen anything like it before you're speaking Jay's language it was it was <laughs> fuck yeah cocksuckers <laughs> <laughs> but no it was it was like the closest thing that I'd seen to the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre that super gross dirty gritty filmmaking right yeah. and I loved it and then Devil's Rejects came along, and I was like, this movie's incredible. Rob Zombie's style is amazing, and this and that, right? And over the years, every time Rob Zombie puts out a movie, it's the movies themselves are different. However, the tone and the writing and the style are exactly the same. He Mm -hmm. has not progressed at all throughout his entire filmography as far as those things go. And when I first saw this first Halloween, the the first remake of Halloween, I remember liking it because it was 2007. I wasn't so overexposed to Rob Zombie yet. And so I still like that grittiness. I like that harshness of it. You know, uh, 10 years later now, watching it, I've seen Rob Zombie do this so many times, it's just old to me now. And it doesn't really age well because he hasn't changed. If his, if his style has had progressed a little bit more and he did something different to just you know progress as as a writer and as a voice in filmmaking um and that's not to say that his stuff is bad but if he had changed it you'd look back on those movies i think a little more fondly because they're their own thing for what it was in that era mm-hmm. well, but they're not you get a new like you get 31 is written the exact same way devil's rejects is written yeah. like there's no difference and i'll be honest with you i'm a little bit burnt out on it well the, uh, I, I i really want to see something different he was supposed to do that broad street bullies movie yeah. i would have killed yeah, to, see that to see that because it, it was it would have been completely different but yeah. you know who doesn't want to see him do that everybody else the studios or because or the rest of the, because of the fans, they probably. think that he's dialed into something with what he's got going on and 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 broad street bullies would have been completely outside of his normal Real realm yeah. Yeah. and it would have been probably amazing mm-hmm. but they don't want him to they want him to do rob well, zombie why he did 31 right right he said that he actually said as much in an interview. He goes, "Well, I could just do this. I pitch it in like ten minutes, and they greenlit it." Yeah, because no. it's a Rob Zombie movie. Well, like, right. I, I'm I'm burnt out on it though. And looking and watching back to the remake though, I I realize it's just not exciting to me anymore. See, that I, kind of film. I I find compromises in 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 his movies though. Sorry, John. I'll let you go in a second. <laughs> Sorry. You're the I'm new guy. Fuck off. Uh, hey, while he's jawjacking, can you grab me a beer? Ew! <laughs> we have to actually intro this beer, so uh, so grab one oh, for everybody. We're doing. We're doing um, okay. I I I I compromise in my head with Rob because I agree with you with like the writing style and stuff like that. Uh, Rob Zombie's got an amazing eye for a director. Oh sure. 
Like he, some of it, some some of the some of the shots that he sets up with the camera, where like the camera and stuff like that. Yeah, he's got a great. Um, I'm not saying he doesn't. He's got like, a, he's great, a great. He's filmmaker. got a great eye, and he's such a huge horror fan himself of classic horror that you can really see a lot of that classic horror Absol- influence absolutely. in the work that he does. So that's where I, that's that's why I don't get like burnt out on. I get burnt out on his writing, but. As far as the movies go, I can appreciate them on a on a different level, which I'm yeah, sure you I, can too. Yeah, I I do appreciate them. I'm just saying that I don't. I remember when we before we watched this, uh, Jen was actually saying how she hadn't seen it in a long time. I go, I really liked it. You know, hopefully on this on this you know watch through, you'll appreciate it more. Mm-hmm. And I ended up appreciating it just less because of everything that I had just said. Yeah. I still think that Rob Zombie is a fantastic filmmaker. I'm not saying that he's not. He ha- he does have a great eye. He's got a great you know. Uh, like cinematic vision for his movies. Right. I don't have an issue with that. They look great. Mm-hmm. It's just the writing. It's just the tone and the dialogue that just like I I, I can't but, say again. I just but pa- burnt out. But past that first, past that first like fifteen minutes or so, once it gets into once it slides into like the the normal Halloween story, the writing well, tones even once, down. Even once Mike Michael goes to the sanitarium, it, it tones down a ton. Right. Um, so with, it's it's you're really just talking about like the first 15 20 minutes of the movie. Basically any part of a movie that has to do with his wife being in the scene. Uh, well not no it more it's more than that because there's it's a scene a in now now we watched the unrated version of Rob Zombie's Halloween. It's important to note because of what I'm about to talk about. Uh, in the unrated uh, Michael's escape scene. Before I get into this, let's cheers. And try well, well, hold on. No, let me finish let me, your point. Oh, no, it's a long yeah, point. It's a long point. Let me <laughs> intro this beer. Okay, now we're going to do <laughs> Arcadia Ales Jaw Jacker. Uh, this spiced amber ale is our celebration of the arrival of autumn, brewed with cinnamon, allspice, and nutmeg, a riff on Grandma Davy's pumpkin pie recipe, and additions of caramel and crystal malt. Crystal, crystal meth. meth. Whoa! <laughs> For balanced flavor, drinkability, and a brilliant orange-amber color, despite the absence of pumpkin in the recipe. A refreshingly spicy seasoned brew. I might like this one. Yes, You're you welcome. might. All right. Cheers. Cheers. Jen. Cheers, boys. Jen. Cheers, Jen. Cheers, Jen. Jen. <laughs> mm. One thing I... Uh, see, I like that. Oh, That's good. Yeah. One thing I do have to bring up, I it, it's kind of a correction from last week. Aaron mentioned to me we kept we kept when we were talking about the the saw four five and six we were talking about the people who went to the methadone clinic and we were referring to them as meth heads people who go to methadone clinics are not meth heads because that's methamphetamine like that's yeah methamphetamines yeah. and and methadone is an opiate yeah not the same methadone donors call them donors <laughs> I don't know <laughs> I just for some reason I felt I needed to bring that up because she would uh, fair she fair. would she would uh, um, probably preach that okay so back divor- to back to what I was I talking about there is a scene uh, in the unrated version of Michael's escape from the sanitarium yeah um, the version that we saw is only in the unrated version in the theatrical version it's a completely different scene so um which I think is honestly better and worse, and I'll get into why. Uh, in the in the unrated version, uh, uh, one of the orderlies, who is a, just a bag of dicks throughout the rest of the movie, comes in with his cousin, and basically one of them's wasted, drunk, or whatever, and they pull out uh, some girl who's clearly 
unstable. That's why she's there. One of the, one of the patients, patients at the yeah. And basically, they they rape her. Right. Uh, and uh, one of the guys has a bright idea to go fuck with Michael Myers down the hall, and they bring the girl this into the room. Scene, yeah. I was just like, what the? Well, f- this is one of those scenes where I'm like, okay, Rob Zombie, get over yourself because this scene doesn't. First off, it has no business being in a Halloween movie, right. in my opinion. Yeah. You're kind of you're kind of shitting on on the legacy by bringing this just really juvenile crap into this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the biggest offense in the entire scene, I'm sorry, I don't care who you are, I don't care what your style is, I do not need somebody sticking pussy fingers into Michael Myers' face telling him to smell my fingers. Right. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, it's so... It's so juvenile. Okay, and it's so, so so this part I understand that it's supposed to be repulsive and sick people do that shit. I get it. And it and just like doesn't, and it, like they got they they got what was coming to them whatever. It doesn't that whole scene just should not have been in the movie and the theatrical cut got it right. What they didn't get right though is is Michael Myers killing Danny Trejo's character. I love that scene. Let, hold, let's 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 get back to that in a second. Okay. So the theatrical version does not have the the rape scene. No, Is that uh, correct? the theatrical version has Bill Mosley's scene. He got cut, so Bill Mosley plays basically like the security people that transfer um, patients, like violent patients, yeah, to and f- like to and from their room to somewhere else. Was it Michael walking down the hall yes. in chains, yes. and then he breaks the chain? The, yes, I like that the two, version. In between the two doors. Okay, yep. this is. I thought yep. I was going crazy last night because we were watching this version with the orderlies raping the girl, and I was like, I don't remember any of this. Yep. And and I was like, I hate this. I hate this entire scene because these guys, they're like, oh, like the one called the one orderly or whatever the janitor or whatever he is. He calls his cousin and he's like, yeah, oh, yeah, we're gonna fuck this bitch. And then he's like, I got a perfect idea. Yeah, let's go do it in this seven and a half foot tall monster's room, who is a psychopath. Yeah. That doesn't make any sense. And like you said, this whole and and like the. Like rubbing his fingers in his face and stuff. I was just like, this. I hate every part of yep. this, and I thought I was going crazy because I couldn't remember that. And now that you're saying that, the 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 version that I remember yeah. is him. He basically wa- like he, freaks out and just kills everybody. He's walking. The two he's walking doors. down the hall with his hands in chains, and then he just breaks the chains, yep. and then he starts killing her. That that version is so much better. Yep. yep. I hated everything about that scene. It was yeah. so stupid. Yeah. And then you have the, and I'm not sure. I, this could be a correction. I'm not sure if this is in both versions or not. But in the in the unrated version, though, you had the scene where Danny Trejo uh, plays an orderly, mm-hmm. and he actually like befriends Michael. If you if there he's is a such janitor, a th- not an orderly. Oh, is it? He's a janitor. He's well, mopping no, the floor. No, he's literally mopping the floor. He, but he, janitors don't go into the rooms to cuff he, people and bring them to and from. That's not no, really a janitor's job. Well, he that's that that was one of the discrepancies that I noticed in the movie that when we were watching it last night. There's a there's a scene when uh, Michael is still a young boy, and Danny Trejo is just mopping the floor. And then he peeks in through the window. He says, "Hey, Michael, don't don't let these walls get you down. You got to learn to live inside your head." And you know, I've I've spent some time in in walls and blah blah blah. And then later, uh, when he's talking to one of the piece of shit orderlies, yeah. he says, "I've been taking care of this kid since he was ten years old." And I was yeah. like, "You're a janitor, though. You you haven't been taking maybe care he, of him. You've been mopping the floor outside of his room." Maybe he graduated. I don't know. I don't know. But <laughs> the point is, though, there's like, a scene. There's a scene at the end, though, where. Um, you know, Danny Trejo's character, you know, thinks that he has this understanding at least with Michael Myers, right. and Michael just kills him with right. him. like no remorse, just kills him. And do you? It might be Danny Trejo's best 
acting performance, quite frankly, it was because really good. He, he's legitimately like like just begging, like Mike, Mikey, Mikey, you know me. Like that was like, like the sad, why are you killing me? It was like yeah. the saddest kill in the entire um, movie. And <laughs> For I, sure. And I don't know if that's in the theatrical version. The the little bit that I read about it, it sounds like it wasn't because no. that's part of what Rob Zombie fought for to get that back into the unrated version. It was. No, I watched the theatrical in, version. In the theatrical version. Oh, so it is in there. Yeah, yeah. Okay. he does. Him, he does drowning him. Yeah. 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 yeah he's okay, that's okay. in the theatrical okay. version for sure. Yeah. Okay. I remember. Maybe that. it was cut by censors originally, and he fought for it, and it got put back into the final version. Right. Probably. That might have. That might have been what I was reading. Yeah. Um. But anyway, yeah. But um, like you, I think you right at the beginning you said something they got right, and I agree with you there because it kind of just showed how. Uh, just how he just far, doesn't give a fuck. Just how far gone Michael is. Yeah. Like this is a guy who seemingly like they've created some sort of bond over the last fifteen years. Mm-hmm. Well, in the theatrical just... version, he even yells at the guy when they go to pick him up. He's like, "Hey, don't touch his stuff. Like, sure, just right. don't touch yeah. his. Just leave it alone." And that's another part that I hated about the uh, about the special edition version is uh, these guys they break. Like I said, Ty- Tyler Maine, by the way, massive. He's he's literally seven and a half yeah. feet tall in real life, right? Yep. He's huge. He's huge. And, and he's a psychopath in this movie. And they break into his room, not only to rape a girl in front of him, but then start fucking with all of his masks. Yeah. Like, two... These guys are like... like a hun- These guys are like 130 pounds soaking wet. There's no way in hell this would ever happen in real yeah. life. Which... I understand you're supposed to you're supposed to suspend disbelief in a lot of these movies, but like that part just took me out of it. I was well, like, I think, this is stupid. I think, I think that, that that orderly's idea was just to prove dominance. I don't care how big you are, you're a piece of shit because you're in here, and I'm going to teach you to respect me and right. whatever. I think that's the idea behind it. But well, you, well, you done fucked up. Yeah. You done you done <laughs> fucked up. Um, no. Okay, so this is where in the movies uh, after the scene, once Michael escapes, this is where the original and the remake kind of become one. Because the entire middle part of the remake is basically, at times, a beat-for-beat remake of the original. Like It's almost like they took all the high points of the original, made sure they were in the remake, and then just kind of made everything else a little bit different. Um, I slightly prefer the remakes, and I know we were just giving him shit about dialogue, but (laughs) I do slightly prefer the dialogue between the three girls more in the remake. It's a little bit more accessible. The The original was a little stiff, you know, the way they talked. Well, I think that goes back to what we were talking about. With it the, does. It, it like does. The, the original was a, a, a low-budget movie. What was the budget? Like $300,000 or something, something like that, but, yeah. But and I don't... It, it, this, was, this, was a, this was a first film for probably a lot of those actresses. So to... Yeah. You know, like, it the, the dialogue didn't come across as very organic, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, not only that, I think it's just a sign of the times. I mean, it's sure. a, it's a relatable thing to watch a movie from 2007, which has a bunch of teenage girls, which, I mean, 10 years ago, we were not in high school anymore, but, you know, it's something that we could actually look back and relate yeah. to. They yeah. were able to, to kind of capture that for the audience of the time. And, I mean, we don't know I, what the dialogue was, was like in 1978. True, true. <laughs> it, was, it was more relatable to me, though, it. because they just, like, you know, they, they cursed a lot, and they, they were not PC, and they it was kind of how I was in high school, you know? Like, you walk down the street, it's like, you know, when a car drives by, fuck you, asshole. And then when they stop, you're scared out of your mind because you realize you're an idiot right. yelling at the car. I, I didn't <laughs> personally do that when I was younger because I wasn't a piece of shit. No. <laughs> I just love how they snuck bread. Is it Duroff? Duroff? Brad Duroff. Brad. I love how they have Brad Duroff in this movie. <laughs> okay, sheriff. can we talk about the fucking cast in the remake? Uh, so good. good. 
Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> yes, we Sorry, can. Sorry, we're jumping around like crazy, but... We're actually I, not. We've been talking about the remake for like a half hour. Yeah. <laughs> well, oh, well, no, well I, I was waiting until we got to where they kind of met up where we can yeah. bounce back and forth. Well, I Because the remake has a lot that the original didn't it's, have. It, it yeah, does. but as far as the cast goes, huge cast in the remake. Um, okay, let's just start from the top. Scout Taylor Compton yep. is Laurie Strode. You have Danielle Harris returning to the series yep. as uh, as Annie. She was Annie, yep. yep. You have Christina Klebe. Uh, who is Linda? Mm-hmm. Malcolm McDowell clearly as uh, Loomis. Brad Dorif, Sheriff Lee. Tyler Maine as Michael Myers. Uh, Sherry Moon Zombie we talked about. William Forsythe we talked about. Uh, Udo Kia. Udo Kia. Udo Kia as <laughs> <laughs> uh, he played the um, the was, he wasn't the principal was he? No, he was the no he was uh, the, he, the sanitarium guy. Yeah, the, the guy. He's like the president of the sanit uh, sanitarium. Yeah. I never say sanitarium. That's a weird... Sanitarium! <laughs> um, Clint motherfucking Howard. Yeah. <laughs> Clint Howard, who my wife is convinced we saw at Motor City Nightmares, <laughs> even though that guy was covered from head to toe in tattoos. <laughs> yep. Uh, Danny Trejo, as we mentioned. Bill Mosley had a the scene that was uh, deleted. Uh, Ken Forhey, you know, a lot of these guys are Rob Zombie staples. Mm-hmm. So you have Ken Forhey that played like a trucker. Sid Haig played the, the role of the graveyard. Chester Tendon. Chesterfield. Mm-hmm. Chester Chesterfield. Uh, and yeah, and, there, and there's even more guys than that I don't have in front of me, but like this this cast is stacked. It's everywhere you turn. I like There's how, a cameo from somebody. Speaking of uh, Sid Haig scene, I, so he was the, the graveyard uh, attendant or whatever. And then as they're walking through the graveyard, right in the foreground of one of the shots. So you have Captain Spaulding in the scene. And then in the foreground of the shot on the headstone, Otis. Yeah. <laughs> so you've yeah. got <laughs> you've got not only Captain Spaulding, but also a, 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 a shout out to Bill Mosley. So Bill Mosley was in the movie after all. <laughs> um, okay. So okay. So oh, also sorry, not to. I, I just have to bring this up too because Aaron pointed this out to me. Um, Judith Myers yes. from the remake. Do you know who she was? Her name is Hannah Hall. Do you know who she is? I do not. She played. Young Jenny in Forrest Gump. Yeah. Oh, really? She yep. was like the I little the little girl Jenny, Jenny in Forrest Gump. Isn't that weird? I didn't even know she was still around. Yeah. <laughs> well, you wouldn't. Well, she she's, must be dead. I haven't heard from her in a while. She's blossomed and then disappeared. So um, um, I really do, like we were kind of talking about earlier, I really do kind of like how once they flash forward back into... Um, Trying to blank here, Haddonfield. Yeah, it almost follows it verbatim. It does. Like, she it does. Like you said, the they house. take all the main hits and then just kind of make everything else a little different, but still right. the same. Walks out of the house in the in the original. The dad hands her a set of keys in the remake. It's a file yep. to drop off. Yep. And I was really, really trying to uh, see, but I didn't get. And at least in the uh, version of John Carpenter's that I watched, I couldn't see the address because I really wanted to pay attention to see if the address so, of the Myers house was the same. So, fun story, they filmed the remake in the same neighborhood that they filmed the original movie. It looked And there extremely are similar. shots in the remake where they're walking on the street and they pass by Laurie Strode's house in the original. Oh, no, oh, sure. Really? It's actually there, yeah. It's because cool. cool. the address in the remake was uh, 132. It's it's pretty bold on top of the house, okay. but you couldn't see it enough. Like you can see, there were kind of numbers when they went back to like sell it, uh, and then there was a little placard next to the door that was probably like put there by the county or whatever. But sure, um, I have a point that after we kind of get finished uh, comparing the two films, um, I want to ask you that I was trying to like jump oh, into okay, when you were okay. p- 
pitching a bitch about Rob Zombie style. <laughs> pitching a bitch. <laughs> but, um, okay, so we're, we're at the point in the remake now where we can start jumping back and forth because, like we had said, they kind of follow the same path for the whole middle part of the remake. Yep. Um, what I liked more about the original now, let's get back to the original, yeah. is uh, the two kids, Tommy and... Um, Lindsay, thank you. Thank you, Jen. This is why she's here. Um, Thanks, Jen. Uh, Tommy and Lindsay, uh, their characters were way more, not only important, but uh, way more uh, defined in the original. And I appreciated that so much more. In the remake, they, they were they, they weren't afterthoughts, they but they didn't really spend a lot of time on them. They commanded the more. Kids, right? They commanded yeah. more. Okay. Like, the two kids were being babysat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they commanded more sympathy from the... From well, the audience, yeah, you got to of, know them. Yeah. John Carpenter spent time to get to know the kids so that you cared about them when they were put in these perilous situations. Right, you know, uh, Lindsay just kind of showed up out of nowhere in the remake. In the, yeah, like we, you, you barely even saw uh, Annie uh, Danielle Harris. You didn't even see her at the house much. In Car- no. and John Carpenter's, they spend a really good amount of time at Lindsay's house, like outside in the um, in the in the laundry. When she gets which, stuck which, in the Which window. I'm sorry, in Indiana. You do not have a fucking laundry Illinois. 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 <laughs> you don't have a fucking laundry house 400 goddamn yards from the house. Okay? That, that, that was more like, like maybe 30 yards over exaggerator. <laughs> Whatever. And, and so you guys mentioned that the other night. Like that was something that had never even crossed my mind. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I like I for some reason I've seen the original Halloween countless times and I I never thought about the fact that the the laundry room is disconnected from the house. It's like in a right. shed, almost. and it really is weird. Yeah. Jen, you lived in Vegas, which is close to LA. Is that a thing that happens out there? Like, do they actually have that? Well, actually, my uncle's house—the laundry room's in the garage, but not. That's not what we're talking about. No. Like I'm saying, like it's not. <laughs> That's in the just because he's white trash. <laughs> <laughs> <In> the garage. <laughs> it's not that. It's not in. I mean, it's not technically in the house, but you don't have to walk. It. Like, okay. You go through a door that's so in LA is that a thing? Like is that? I have no idea. Well, this is Illinois. I've literally well, but they're both filmed in LA though. That's why I'm asking. Like oh. I've just literally never seen that. Literally. Before. Maybe I'll call my brother. He lives in Illinois. Do it right now. No, no, no. The, no. His his point is his point but is there's no. there's no way in Illinois they have disconnected. Well, yeah, because uh, they get shit tons of snow like we yeah, do. Yeah, because you'd be wait you'd be like exactly. you'd be walking through four feet of snow to go do your laundry in yeah. the middle of winter. Oh, and I, another... not to mention I never noticed in sorry in the original Halloween I've never noticed until it was pointed out to me that all of the trees are green. Yeah. But I've literally never noticed but that there's before. Dead, but there's dead leaves all over the ground. Dead leaves all over. And, <laughs> and, the, and when she first starts walking to school, all the streets are dry. But later on, it had just <laughs> Yeah, we noticed, that too. Yeah. But, we noticed uh, that, too. One thing I do want to point out, too, that's kind of funny how this is my second podcast here. A, not only are we doing another John Carpenter flick, but I never realized in the original John Carpenter Halloween, the movie that she is watching when she comes over is The, the Thing. thing. They watch it in the remake too, don't they? No. Yes. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Oh, they do. Yes, they do. Shit, I guess they I also watch Forbidden that. Planet in the remake. Yeah, but that the Halloween John Carpenter did before the thing. Yeah. So there well, was John a, Carpenter was a massive fan of the original thing from Another World. Oh. So that's that's. Yeah. So the original thing or John Carpenter's thing it's a remake. was actually a remake. Yeah, it's a remake oh, from no it's called uh, Thing from Another World. Well, they technically don't consider it a remake. It's a reimagining. They're, they're they're both from the same source material. Yeah. The story is from the same source the, material, yeah, but yeah. it's not a remake of the original. No. You're getting gotcha. you're getting you're getting fancy. Uh, well, hey, fancy you know, like I mean, if you're going to if you're going to talk about it, give But it I right. think that's kind of cool how there's like a little bit of a, a homage to the future. Mhm film that he does four years later to it yeah. so and then that's that's what i did one of the things that i really liked about 
zombies film is that he, you know, he he included that. He included the Blue Oyster Cult song. Yep. Yep. In uh, in two of the scenes actually, because um, there's in the original there's a there's a scene where Annie and Lori are driving in a car and Michael is following them and Don't Fear the Reaper is on the radio. Yeah. And then in the remake when uh, Lori is banging her boyfriend, I think is that the scene. Uh, yes. Yeah. In the in the remake. Yeah, I, mean, I guess. House? I guess. It, yeah, I guess. At it's, the, at the Myers. It's house, after yeah. they done. She 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 lays down and puts her her cans I, on and and she's he, listening after to. After he done done her. After he done did done her. <laughs> exactly. She puts her headphones on. And she's listening. To Don't Don't Fear the Reaper. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. So yeah. it's the the I think with the comparisons to like I really like how Rob Zombie kind of kept to almost the same order of people that Mike Myers killed, mm-hmm. um, and in the original. You know, when Loomis is driving to um, Haddonfield, he stops at the phone booth, makes the phone call, gives almost the exact same warning to the sheriff's department or the police department mm-hmm. uh, over the phone, except for he does it in person in the remake. He discovers the truck next to the railroad tracks yeah. with that's where Mike Myers or Michael Myers gets where he his, got his coveralls yeah. and everything. Um he still kept it as a truck driver in the remake, yeah. but it's a it's a semi driver in the bathroom, and I love that scene. That like, I think it was one of the better. I mean, obviously when he breaks out of the sanitarium and breaks the chains and kills everybody in the sanitarium, he when he gets the knife pulled on him, he just grabs his hand and just takes out the stall wall and just manhandles yeah. another very large man. I don't know That's... how true this is. I had heard though that the uh, the jumpsuit that Tyler Maine puts on that was Ken Forhees yeah. in the remake. Uh, was the exact was the exact same jumpsuit that Ken Forey he wore in Romero's Dawn of the Dead? No shit. Man. I don't know. I don't know how true that is, but I've heard that. Yeah. Well, that because they're both <laughs> kind of the same size. Ken Forey is a huge motherfucker. Yeah, yeah. I I don't know though. Like when he when he opens the door, Ken Ken Forey is uh, he's not uh, Tyler Maine's like seven and a half feet. He's Tyler Maine's just bigger, a massive yeah. human uh, being. I don't know. Maybe exactly. it's the same yeah. one that Ken Forey he was wearing or something. I don't know. Uh, I, Ken, Again, Ken, I don't know how big Ken Forey is large. He's six five. Okay, so he's still a big dude. But I, as we were watching that scene, I was like, uh, and I, I remember thinking this when I saw it in the theater too. I was like, he opens up the stall door and he's standing. Yeah, he like, looks up. He's standing eye to yeah. chest with Tyler Maine. And I'm like, he goes to put that jumpsuit on after he kills him. I was like, that thing's not gonna fit you. It's gonna be like a little baby. Well, the only thing that would make sense, though, <laughs> is if that, like, I mean, sometimes when you're in a truck and you're driving, you want looser fitting clothing. So maybe he bought a few sizes up. But the okay, one that got I, me I was can, the, can, boots. the boots. The boots. I was gonna say, I, like, I, can no buy, I can buy the coveralls, maybe, but the boots, no way. Absolutely not. I was say nobody would be afraid of Tyler Maine's Michael Myers, though. That he'd be chasing him, and then they would stop and start laughing. And go, Michael, where's the flood? <laughs> <laughs> but I, I appreciate that, and I do kind of like how they in the remake he does just go back to the house uh-huh. and it's like okay before his mom gets home from stripping he goes down to the basement and hides everything because yeah. mm-hmm. he knows he's going to come yep. back because in the remake aside from finding the truck on the side of the road where does he get a knife again he's driving around in the car and that was the other thing i completely uh, they, forgot they actually did in in the original yeah they actually did say that uh when when uh when Lori and Annie pull up on the hardware store where the alarm oh, is going off. Oh, that's right. That's right. I forgot. Annie's stole... dad is there, and she says somebody broke in, stole a mask, a mask some knives, some and knives, and some rope. Yeah, so. I, for- I completely forgot yeah. about that scene. But um, yeah, I like how they kind of did that. And he was, 
I forgot like again I, I forgot about the hardware store scene, but I thought he maybe may have just got another one out of the drawer because he was in the house when she goes to drop the keys. I yep. forgot that he was standing behind the door in the yep. original and the remake. I think Mike, the, one of the creepiest moments is, uh, and this is from from the remake, is when they go in when um, the the two go into the house to bang in the in the Myers house, yep. and the camera pans up and Michael Myers just standing on the balcony at the top or whatever. Yeah, that was really creepy. He's I was like, there. oh, that's yeah. that was a really He's like, good oh, shot. I see you. And I like how in both, even though in the uh, Rob Zombie version, that was the first of the three girls to die uh-huh. uh, in the original how it's it's both of them he comes back he's well, got the Annie sheet survives on. yeah he's got the mask on yeah and Annie does and Annie, survive Annie in survives. the second one in, yeah because she's laying on the floor and her dad finds yep. her but her boyfriend's hanging yep so um with the pumpkin on his head pumpkin, pumpkin head <laughs> something i didn't realize when i actually looked into i know with john carpenter anything past the first one is irrelevant to what's going to happen in the future but with rob zombies halloween 2 which i don't believe i've seen malcolm mcdowell is actually alive because i thought he crushes his head yeah but he grabs his leg remember when michael's walking down the hall this is after he's crushed uh, I think he's Loomis dead. Is no, I'm no, pretty no, sure Loomis is dead in the Loomis, second one, isn't he? No, he, no they Loomis, shoot no, him in the is pool. He? Okay. Okay. They shoot him in the pool, mm-hmm. and he brings her out, and they get in the car, and she's like, that's like the devil. He's like, I'm pretty sure it is the devil. And then she, he smashes through, pulls her out. Boogie, boogeyman. Boogeyman. <laughs> I don't like how they refer to him as the boogeyman in both movies, too. I thought when he crushed his skull, he was done. But, but then he drags him into the house. Oh, he does. And then, and then he goes and he gets Lori and or no, he he go. Lori's running back through the house again, and Michael's going after, after him. And Loomis wakes up and grabs Michael's leg. Remember? Oh yeah, yeah. And yeah. then Michael just kind of walks past him like whatever, whatever bitch, whatever bitch. <laughs> I crush your skull. So, I think there's like like we've said a couple times already. I think what Rob Zombie did was he took all the really high key points, even minor details. Yeah. And, and just like, okay, I got to incorporate this. I got to have that. One, uh, what, what I didn't like uh, about the the remake that I think in the, in this section, like when, when the killing starts and all that stuff that I think that the original is, is so far superior in is the, the ominous lurking of Michael Myers. Mm. You know, in the remake, they tried to capture it. It just, it to, to me, it just didn't work. I think Tyler Maine crushed it as Michael Myers. He was a great Michael Myers. I agree. Um, he was he was menacing. Uh, the mask, even though I didn't like the the worn look of the mask, the 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 facial features of the mask were way better than any other Halloween sequel in history. <laughs> you didn't like the the. You didn't like the worn look of the mask? Nah, it was a bit much. I think they could have dialed it back a little bit. Considering it was buried under floorboards for 15 years, yeah, I thought it was pretty cool. It looked didn't... great when he put it there and it hasn't been touched. So why would it be all ripped up and, and dirty? No, it's well, just dirty. It'd be a little stained, but... It's, it's sitting in a crawl space for 15 years. Under yeah. some boards. I'm surprised yeah. you didn't like shake out like, are there any spider webs in here? I would have. <laughs> I mean, them daddy long legs, when they get you, man. <laughs> um, anyway, though... Uh, 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 I think that Michael Myers was way more menacing in the original because he he very much was a shadow lurker. Like he was just kind of there. He was across the across the street on the side of the house and you just sort of saw his white mask standing well, there. It, or he was behind a random tree or he like, Or he was he in the was car just, following. He, sure, it was just he was just menacing though. He was way more menacing. Well, and like, they made he, it he, way more I think there was a bigger effect with that in the original because they actually, up until almost the end, you never saw his full figure. You saw 
like behind him a little bit. You saw him in the shadows, but you never no, saw him that's not as true. a whole. Behind in the, the original, he steps out from the he steps, steps out from the, hedge. From, the hedges. from far away. Nah, he's you still see his full figure. Yeah, but it's it's more of like a, he's in the distance. They don't get it up close like they do in the remake. I mean, you see him relatively. You, yeah, soon. you just as soon you see as he puts the, the mask on, he walks away. It's like sure. okay, this is a full character. I think like that was kind of going back to one of the points I was going to make earlier of what John Carpenter did is he created this ominous character that you didn't really know up close what he looked like until the end because he was always in the shadows or far away. Sure, I'll, I'll give you that, yeah. 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 So that's, I think he did really good with that, building this character it's as being so terrifying because you really don't know what he looks like. He was just way more creepy, I think, in, yeah. in, in the original. because as And a lot of it has to do with the fact that you don't know his backstory. Right. And like, by the time we get to this part in the remake, you know his backstory, you know who Michael Myers is. You know everything that you need to know about that character. And... It's not that it's not scary. It's just it, it's it's less intriguing. In the original, you don't know what he's thinking. You don't know what his motivation is. You know, you just know that when you see him, he's there to kill you, and that's terrifying because right. you don't know. There's right. there's no reasoning with him. The right? only thing you have is that small bit that Loomis is just like basically referring to him as yeah some satanist creature of like yeah. there's there's nothing there but a which was our intro for the episode. See. <laughs> So, um, if I could kind of jump back to what I wanted to ask you, Michael, in terms of your beef with the zombie. Yep. Um, first, I need to ask a question just to verify kind of my point here. Is the Halloween and Halloween 2 um, movies... The, the Halloween. The only remake <laughs> movies that Rob Zombie has done. None of the rest of his films are remakes, correct? Right. Correct. I looked up 31. It's not. I'm pretty he was sure attached, Lords of Salem. He was attached to the blob for a while. And that did not happen, so yes. Okay, so if you were to take away Halloween and Halloween 2. Yes. And how you say he added, he, he Rob zombie the film and put his little, like the rape scene completely out of context. If you were to take these movies out, do you feel you would have a different opinion of Rob Zombie as a like director? Like take. Like he never, let's say he never did Halloween and Halloween 2. No, and no it just I, would went, feel the, I would feel the exact same way. Because he just would have made other movies that were the exact same thing in those plays. Okay. He he would he wouldn't have any reason to do a different movie in those in 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 those slots. He would have just made another white trash Rob Zombie movie, <laughs> like. <laughs> okay. Like like he would have probably done like a like a hillbilly version of like demons like the Beverly Hellbillies or something like that. And it would have been <laughs> it would have been like like you know white trash grandma you know like ah oh, Rufus get your cock and pull out of here like it just it would have it would have been Rob Zombie. You know? Or does a hillbilly version of Spawn just called Sean? Guy just wears a black hoodie. And... <laughs> that was a me joke, and I don't, and I don't appreciate it. Well, <laughs> yeah, don't. That, don't, you got a taste of what you don't steal my thunder, John. Don't um, steal your shit. What thunder. about James? What about you? What's uh, c- compare and contrast with the two? What, wait, what? What do you think did better than the other? What did you? Me and John have been talking a lot here. Um. Well, I I definitely agree as far as as far as uh, it, the the two the two Michael Myers are. They're very, they're very different in each film. In the original, in John Carpenter's version, uh, Michael is not so physically imposing. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was the the actor is only six feet tall. He's he's not a huge person, but it was it was just this idea of like he seemed like he could be anywhere he wanted at any given time, and mm-hmm. he was always just sort of lurking. With with Tyler Maine, it's really just about his size. He's yeah. massive. 
and I really like I really like Tyler Maine's portrayal of Michael Myers. I thought it was cool, but uh, to me, to me, the superior one is is the original Halloween. I I just I I think that there's I like the expose in the in in zombies, but I think I prefer the original. Just just this idea that he's a killing machine for for no other reason than that's you know that's what happened. Yeah. Like he like. <clears throat> In 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 zombies version, he's a product of his environment. He grew up in this piece of shit family, and kind of, and he was probably uh, predisposed anyway. Like he was probably a little bit psychopathic, but records, uh, psychopathic records, ICP, whoop whoop. <laughs> <laughs> but but also but also like his his family I'm never coming back. <laughs> but also his family life kind of s- sent him over the edge, you know. Yeah, it did. But in in uh, in Carpenter's version, he seemingly he seemingly has a, a pretty nice life. Like his his sister, aside from the fact that she's you know acting like kind of a floozy, having sex with her boyfriend, whatever. That's what Getting teenagers do. He goes up he goes up and he kills her, really for for no reason yeah. at all. Well, Sam Hain. and. And then when his parents come home, they, you know, they look nicely dressed and they look like they're pretty put together people. And, nice and, there's, and, there's, and there's no reason, like, there's seemingly no reason for him to be this crazy Especially at killing, killing machine, but he just is. And yeah. to me, that's scarier than anything. Like, the idea that somebody with no reason whatsoever can just be a, a complete murderous monster. What? Put yourself in the position of a parent. Yeah. Stretch, I know. You come home. Your son is sitting in the front yard with a giant bloody butcher knife in his hand. <clears throat> what is your first instinct? Um, I would, High five. I would, <laughs> <laughs> I would take his mask off and then just stand and stare at him as he continued to hold the giant bloody butcher knife. His parents literally just stare at him for like five minutes of him just holding this knife. Like like, like he's holding a Barbie in his hand or something. Like It's like some some non-threatening thing. It's like, what the fuck? Well, that's that's what I said. Like, you already know who it is. You know your kid was dressed as a clown. You don't really need to take the mask off of him. That's not my first reaction. Like, take the fucking butcher knife away. My kids have... (laughs) My kid, my kids have like reached for knives before, and I'm just like, no, <laughs> from across the room, like in no! stereo, <laughs> like it's, like take the knife away from him. Why do you just let him stand there with this? And that's a fucking big butcher yeah, knife it too. It's yeah. huge. huge. Well, my whole thing is, but is they take the mask off huge, from him and stay huge, yeah. <laughs> huge. With the the original though, they don't really make, from what I recall, a reference to there being a younger child though. No, no, there wasn't. You never, right? You don't see her, but so then why does he come back for that's Jamie why, Lee Curtis? That's well, is it just him coming back to well, that, slash that's, some chicks? That's the thing, though. In the original, you have to keep in mind. In the original movie, Laurie Strode wasn't his sister. That didn't come in until the second movie, so they never set it up. Uh, okay. I don't. It was never set up that way. At least, I mean, I mean, sequels. I've never heard John Carpenter himself talk about it, but until I hear it, you know. They yeah. it was never originally supposed to be that he was just supposed like like you had said in the, at the top of the hour, he was just supposed to be this killer that no one knew a- ambiguous killer that no one knew anything about. And that's what was terrifying, right? About him. And he comes well because I mean the original if you t- you take into consideration the the original title of this movie was the babysitter yeah. the babysitter murders mm-hmm. 
It really had nothing. Uh, it had nothing to do with family whatsoever. Yeah. Or the fact that like it was he was he was just coming back to to Haddonfield because that's what he knew, mm-hmm. and he was just was going, and he was just going back to killing because that's, that's what, he what he knew. And he happened you know? to find the girls that were all together. And it's like if you if you actually like kind of just from a broad spectrum look at the rules of horror movies, the two girls that died were the two having sex. The virgin is the one who lived. It's the rules. Interestingly enough, uh, John Carpenter and Deborah Hill said they they never intended for the they never intended for there to be a correlation between uh, having sex and getting killed as a result. Uh, you know the way that they say in in slasher flicks, like you know if you have sex and you're gonna die and yeah. you might as well remain a virgin because then you'll live. They never intended for that correlation. The idea behind it was just that. The kids who were having sex in the movie were so preoccupied with having sex that they didn't seem coming. didn't realize that there was. Oh, a, oh they saw one of them coming. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that's like I, I love how that's been that whole kind of like loose concept. <laughs> loose has been uh, getting out of loose. Oh, speaking of following. speaking of the rules of slashers, I I love how so blatantly there is uh, there's the uh, the boyfriend after um, Linda, Bill. Linda and Bob. <laughs> After Linda and Bob get done doing their thing, he it's it's like he it's like he even over enunciates it. He looks back at her and he goes, "I'll be right back." <laughs> yeah, know? yeah. And then, it's because like, you know us growing up in the in the '90s, like Scream was a huge thing. No, so don't leave. As soon as, like he, I think you, I'll be right back. I think you even said it. Like yeah. as we were watching the movie, <laughs> as soon as he said it, you're like, I just picture Matthew Lillard saying it. <laughs> and then Jamie Kennedy's character in Scream even says. Yeah, I'll meet you in the kitchen with a knife or something like yeah, that, right? Yeah. So I, I, I like the oops, sorry. I like the hey. fact that uh, it, it wasn't even a rule at that point because no. this was this is this, this is was, bare bone. This is grassroots slasher movie, this you know. Is, uh-huh. So it it wasn't a rule. I I kind of love that it went into it went in, like the evolution of slasher movies went into having these rules and then you go back and you look at these old slasher movies and all that stuff yeah, is actually this, there. Is, this is them carving it in the stone walls in the caves man and if you think about it his sister was supposed to be watching him she was too preoccupied doing her boyfriend to pay attention mm-hmm. so he kills her when he comes back to Haddonfield he kills the babysitter's doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Oh, it's true. The sister or the and Lori, even though she's a virgin, he still tries to kill her. He right. may not succeed, but Damn he bitch. still tries. Which which makes it clear that there's really no I mean, she she does end up living, but there's no clear correlation between having sex and getting murdered. I gotta point out too in the original, um, I'm not sure what John Carpenter's uh idea of sexy time was. But literally, that guy went upstairs and then came back downstairs, buckling up his pants in the span of about forty-five seconds. You're talking about J- Judith's uh, boyfriend? Yeah. Yeah. Like, did, did he go up there? She took her shirt off, and he couldn't even get his pants off. He's like, Ew. "Oh God, yeah, I'm go. Well, see ya. That and was great. I'll see you later. <laughs> well, and then and he's just, just walking out the door. <laughs> and then the remake, it happens, and they they you know get it on, and he's like, "I'm gonna go make a sandwich in the kitchen," <laughs> which is. How did he not go? <laughs> Which is pretty realistic. Bitch, <laughs> go make me a sandwich instead of putting a tank top back on and <laughs> popping some earmuff headphones on and listening um, to some. So let's um, let's talk before we we're, we're getting through this. I can't talk before we get to the end of this. Uh, I do want to talk about the ending of the two movies because they are very different. Yes. Um, See, in uh, in the original, 
it all kind of takes place sort of confined within the two within the houses of the babysitters. Yeah, two houses. Seats, yeah. Uh, in the remake, though, what they do is they go a step further and they bring everything back to the Myers house. Mm-hmm. Which I thought was a, which I thought was an interesting touch. I didn't hate it, didn't like it. I I was it was what it was, and it fit that story. Um, how do you guys feel about that? Do you do you do you like the idea of him going back to the Myers house better, or him more focused on killing people in the babysitter's house? Well, with the <clears throat> The buildup of the remake in the backstory in the beginning where it's very evident that it's his sister, I appreciate the fact that he went back to the... He, he tried to bring everything back to the Myers house. Mm-hmm. In the original... Like he did what was familiar to him. Yeah, he, yeah. he brought it back to ground zero, basically. But in the original, I, being that it wasn't evident at that point until Halloween 2, yeah. that that was actually his sister... He was just going back and forth to where the people were. So, I don't know. Personally, I think both films were done. They did their due justice for the situation well, and the script at the time. I, I, I think for the, uh, like, Rob Zombie had a little bit of an advantage here because he's, he was, it's almost like when, <laughs> it's almost like when John Carpenter made the movie, being that he originally intended it to be the babysitter murders, there was no, there was no clear-cut uh, motivation for Michael to return to his own house. It was just he was going back to the neighborhood he knew. Yeah. Rob Zombie had the source material to work off of, so he knew that it wasn't just, quote-unquote, the babysitter murders. He knew that it was specifically Michael Myers going back to his yeah. neighborhood to find his sister. So it made sense for him to go back to his, his original house. Oh, yeah. But... Uh, as far as like comparing, like comparing how the the two movies end, I like the original. Okay. It's way scarier. I mean, like you, the yeah, sure. The end of the zombie movie is scary and it's effective and everything. But like this idea that all this stuff goes down. Uh, um, <laughs> Jamie Lee Curtis, Lori, she says, was that the boogeyman? Donald Pleasance, he says the the line, as a matter of fact, I think it was, and he goes to look out the window, and Michael's just gone, and yeah, then yeah. that music hits. That's perfect. Yeah. yeah. It's so yeah, awesome. It's good. Uh, there was an alternate ending to, to the remake as well. Uh, um, Malcolm McDowell Loomis, his character, he does not get his head crushed or anything like that. Mm-hmm. It's when Michael Myers has Laurie... Um, He's got the knife yeah, he's got on the her knife, throat. Yeah, knife her throat. and they're outside uh, of the, the yeah, Myers Loomis, house. Yeah, in, Loomis. Instead of what happened uh, in in the version we saw, uh, M- uh, Malcolm ends up talking him down, and he ends up dropping the knife and gets Laurie away from him. And then he's trying to talk to him. He's trying to calm Michael down. Michael drops the knife. And everything's fine. But then. Uh, Annie's dad shows up, uh, Chucky. Uh, I'm here. <laughs> well, they're, they're already there at that point. Well, but everybody else shows up though, and they all get behind their cars and they're saying, "You know, Loomis, move, move." And he goes, "No, no, I can talk <laughs> to him. Never, <laughs> never." Uh, and then they start, and then they just completely open fire on him, and they pump Michael full of a hundred bullets, and, he, and him. he drops dead. Yeah, I don't, that's pretty I, much the end. That that's the other ending that they shot. The alternate ending. Yeah, I don't. I don't like. I that. like the other one better. Personally, I don't like but, that version yeah. for several reasons. But the the main reason is this idea that Loomis was able to talk him down. 
No, he wouldn't at, be able at, to do at that. This, yeah. At this point... But this goes back to the humanity side that they tried to play when when he went back to the house in the remake, though, and he's showing Laurie the photograph of the two of them. It's that humanity side, though, that in, in the remake, you know, is still sort of just behind the curtain. It's there, but it, it doesn't come out very often. They're playing on that. So but in, I, I in that particular movie... It makes sense. I don't think that was right for the character. Though. I don't really like no. that aspect, though, because what... Okay, so let's say Lori was able to not even necessarily figure out who was in that picture, but what if she just went along with it instead of stabbing him in the the, the traps with, with a giant knife? If she just, like, gave him a hug, were they just going to, like, hold hands and walk off into the sunset? Yeah. Like, you what was... And me, and me, and you... That's not how that goes. That's another. Um, so, no, but seriously, like what, Bad. like, like if it hadn't played out the way that it did with her picking up the knife and stabbing him, what were we supposed to believe yeah. would happen from what that was point? His end game he was just gonna remake. like all of a sudden he was just gonna be fine because he was reunited with his kid oh, sister. Got my baby sister. Now let's go kill people together. Yeah. Yeah. Like what? What was the? Yeah. It I doesn't make any sense. I yeah. make you big and strong like me. We stab together. <laughs> Arnold? <laughs> hey, listen, come on, get the knife, let's go. Knock it off. Um, I, I don't know, like, I, I didn't really, I didn't particularly like either of the endings the original, zombies. The like, original had the beggar, the, the better boogeyman ending. Beggar. Yeah. It really did. Oh, now, yeah, it was perfect. Now, I... There is one part of the original that I can't stand. What? It's the unmasking of Michael Myers. Yeah. His face, played by Tony Moran. Mm-hmm. Um, he, I'm, like the entire movie, Michael Myers is this hulking, beastly, you know, like just like just crazy serial killer dude, right? Mm-hmm. And then his mask comes off, and I remember watching. I go, I forgot how often his mask comes off in this movie, and you see the face that is under the mask, and he just looks like a little wiener. Well, honestly, like, he's not threatening. <laughs> At all, and I have a really, really hard time believing that that little wiener kid is under the mask as Michael Myers. Well, well that's and the it thing. takes he's, me completely out of it in the original. I love the original. That's but, the thing, though, is he's a, he's oh. just he's just a twenty three year old kid. Ben, ben. Like he's I know, but like I've seen other twenty three year olds that don't look as wienerish as him. Like and have beards. Find like like a a more. He's in prison. He's people get built in prison. He's not in prison. He's, <laughs> he's in, in a, a he's, in a, he's in a mental institution. Okay, fine, fine. They don't they don't let him go out in the yard I know, and, and I just, throw iron. I guess you know, I guess like I guess do pull ups with chains. <laughs> I guess I guess though just the 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 look of the character of Michael Myers though it did not match the, the person under the mask. Under the mask. I, now what okay. they could have done a better job of finding someone that just kind of fit the character more. I think. Side part of this one though. So we know a friend of ours who recently purchased a very extensive, expensive Halloween extensive costume. Extensive and extensive, expensive. But, it is. So the Both. under mask mask that was yeah. purchased. What Voorhees was that? That was part six. Okay, part six. That's what I thought of. No. Yeah, part six. Uh, I don't. Remember. Okay, we don't have to do a correction because nobody matter. knows what we're talking about. Yeah. So regardless, when they pull, part six or part four, when they cares? pull, <laughs> when they pull Mike, Michael Myers's mask off, yeah. in my mind, as soon as I saw his baby face, I was that's where that's where my mind went. I'm like, even Voorhees looked better under the mask. Though. Well, it was in the shadows. You couldn't really see what. 
But Voorhees looked but awesome but every single time his mask came But off. guys, there was no reason for him to be like some deformed, mutated no, freak. Not, I'm not saying he was, maybe he had a mustache. He was, he was just a normal kid in his 20s who happened to like to kill people. The kid, the, the that's, guy. That's what makes him so scary is because he hides behind the mask. Tony Moran looked like he maybe weighed 150 pounds soaking wet. Yeah. That is not the character that Michael Myers was portraying the rest of the movie. That's all I'm saying. Well, Tony claim- Moran did not have the body type that Michael Myers encompassed throughout the rest of the movie. Well, well how, when he climbs how, on the car in the beginning, he does look like a scrawny fuck. How tall is Nick Castle? Do you know how tall Nick Castle is? Um, I don't. Because Nick, Nick Castle played the shape. He basically played Michael uh, he Michael played, Myers. He played Michael Myers throughout the movie. On. Yeah, with the mask on. Actually, uh, everybody in the production played Michael Myers at one point in time. John Carpenter did. Deborah Hill did. Um, other random people did. Because okay, 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 this was a low budget okay, movie, okay, so he hey, wasn't always okay, there. Okay, listen, I'm about to just I'm just about to fucking bury you. Okay, <laughs> Tony Moran. <laughs> Tony Moran is six Get foot. Tony Moran is six foot tall. Okay. So roughly about an inch shorter than me. Okay. Nick Castle, the one who played the shape, yeah. this giant hulking beast of yours, five yeah. ten. Okay. So two inches doesn't mean shit. Michael, you are. I'm, a I'm saying he was wearing I'm, platforms. I'm, I'm saying that the guy that I'm saying that the guy that you're saying <laughs> is just y'all. as I'm saying the guy that you say is just this tiny little weenie. Yeah. was two inches shorter than the guy who played him with his mask off. Fine, but he was, but his body type was bigger though. He filled out the character better. He was just wearing. It's, it, no, he was just like if you put coveralls on, you would look pretty big too. No, I wouldn't. I look. I was swimming in denim. That's probably true. You look like a little baby. <laughs> I don't know, Mike. I don't like know. If you put the coveralls bitch. on. And put that mask that is nothing related to this film but, on that you By the way, do you know who, do you know who Tony Moran is? Did you ever watch uh, Happy Days or Joni Loves Chachi? No. Joni Loves Chachi. I watch Happy I watch Happy Days here and there. Yeah, I never ha- Joni Loves Chachi though. Uh Joni uh, from okay. from Happy Days. Sure. Aaron Aaron Moran, that's her brother. Can we just, just get a, just a little fun fact. And agree like just as much as Kane Adder embodied the role of Jason Voorhees phenomenally that Tyler Maine did a pretty Yeah, Tyler Maine no. was no, was incredible. No, that, as that, far as the two of them comparatively, Tony uh, uh, they they were both good, but Tyler Maine though played a fantastic. Uh, I think he did it. Michael Myers. Bang I, up job. I did really like I like Tyler Maine's portrayal not only because he was gigantic, yeah. cuz like that's so intimidating, he's huge. Yeah. But he he brought a lot of uh he brought a lot of life to the character. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Like you could tell when he was getting frustrated, even when he was behind the mask. Like you could tell when he, when he was angry because you could hear him grunting and stuff like that. He humanized the character a little so, bit. Are we talking about the which one are we talking about? The Tyler Maine. Tyler, Tyler Maine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He humanized the character a little bit, which I thought was cool because even if you have a psychopath who's just relentlessly killing people, he's still gonna have some semblance of human emotion. He still eats and shits like the rest of us, right? Exactly. I think that even comes into play in the second zombie film, which is a callback to Carpenters because oh, because they come across the dung in in the house. Oh, I forgot in, Tyler Mayne was actually in The Devil's Rejects. He was the big motherfucker with the he's shotgun. He's gigantic. Um, um, anyway, so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know where I was going with All that. right, so let's, uh, let's start to wrap this up. Um, remake over original What Say You? I, that's a dumb question. I, I gotta ask it though. I gotta ask <laughs> the it. The original. John? <sighs> I'm gonna have to go remake. I don't know. I'm a zombie. Really? Fan. Yeah, fuck me. I know I'm not a oh. back. Jen, 
Jen, you just blew her fucking mind. I've blown Jen's mind countless times with my stupidity. Don't we even. We just want to reiterate that John's affiliation with the Buzzkill podcast is very loose. Like his anus. And Jay No, I will say, just to kind of end my defense, you got to understand where I come from as a film viewer perspective. I don't kind of take things like a lot of other people i appreciate different aspects of film now don't get me wrong i absolutely love and adore and appreciate john carpenter's version of the movie on a personal level i like what zombie did with the origin in the beginning of the movie and i think that spoke more to me than john carpenter's him just that's fair as a kid and then he's a psycho okay it's fair it's all subjective you're allowed to have your opinion just your opinion's wrong as my mother always taught me (laughs) nobody's perfect so um i i'm gonna go ahead and say the no no the original hands down 100 obviously everybody Um, else is gonna say the original (laughs) jesus john you know I, i you're my friend so i'm gonna back you up here I'm kidding. I'm going with the original. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. Yeah, That's Jay. why I'm here. And Jen and Jen. The original. All right. So. Oh, so four, so four versus one. All right. I will so, sass right. you, later. So this was the second episode for John, kind yep. of the second trial, and you failed. So. Right. See you later. You guys said that last time, and I'm still here. <laughs> so um, you're coming back next week, right? Yeah. Okay. Is it another John Carpenter not. movie where they reference the thing? Because that's that's all the only way I can be here. <laughs> Um, yeah, so anyway, uh, I think that's pretty much it, that's right? It. I think we I think we pretty that much covered Halloween everything, right? That was Halloween 1978 versus Halloween 2007. 2000. Yeah, buddy. Um, so, yeah, I gentlemen, guess that's it. Well, thank you very much again for having me on. Yeah, no I problem, John. I appreciate your company, even though you don't like me in real life. <laughs> <laughs> and now that my wedding's over, you can start hating me just a tad less, like you mentioned last time. So, I gotta just mention I gotta mention this. I was listening to Beyond the Void uh, today, mm-hmm. and apparently, their Halloween episode, they're doing a comparison between Evil Dead original and the Evil Dead remake. Oh, are they really? Yeah. So, so two wow, of the wow, greatest wow. horror podcasts to ever grace the interwebs. Y- yeah. Mike, are doing get out the door. <laughs> are doing compare and contrasting this mo- this month. I find that interesting. <laughs> not 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 to have a big head, but uh, you know. My head's still bigger we than are, all of We are up we, there. We are the far <laughs> superior. In case people don't know what he's talking about, Beyond the Void Horror Podcast. Uh, buddies of ours, awesome podcast. Also, check them out. It's funny. When they're actually mentioning what is Beyond the Void, it's us. Yes, we are. We are, we are Beyond <laughs> the Void. Shut up. It's funny. Y'all have big heads, but measurably by size, my head is bigger than all of you. <laughs> all right. If you want to find us on social media, you can find us at beyondthevoid.com. <laughs> <laughs> you can find us. It's longlivethevoid.com, <laughs> motherfucker. Yeah, live long and avoid. Yeah, but you can find us at beyondthevoid.com. All right, fair enough. Sorry, Alex. I don't mean to jock your stees. <laughs> All right, you can find us on SoundCloud, Facebook, Instagram, and Horror Amino at the Buzz to Kill Podcast. You can also find us on Twitter at the Buzz to Kill PC, and if you're on iTunes, if you're one of them Apple people. Mm. Go there. Yeah. Everybody but Mike. Listen to us. Five stars, baby. Five star that shit. Uh. Leave us a comment. Yeah. Tell us how cool we are. Uh. I done did that. Tell us how... Tell us, tell us bigger, whether, tell uh, us whether we should keep ca- calling John back or not. Yeah, yes. <laughs> that's that's your platform. Go and, go and tell us. Oh, iTunes awesome. is the platform. My entire future on this podcast relies on the 
the negligence I, of iTunes. Don't, the iTunes don't worry, nobody, nobody uses it, so we'll never know. <laughs> if you want to find J Raj on all social media at Ocean Recording, you can also go to www.oceanrecordingstudio.com for all your fantastic audio needs. You still got your special running. All the way up to the end of October, baby. Six, six, six. Two six, songs, six, Halloween six. spooky special, $666. The spooky special, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Buy it while supplies last. Oh, real quick, I was listening to an older episode of ours earlier today. It kind of randomly came. Whoa, no, 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 it randomly. I was, on, I was on SoundCloud and I was I was looking to see if we had used something at one point in time. Uh, but Jay introduced himself as Jay Sneezy. Ooh. And I'm fairly certain that Jay Sneezy needs to make a comeback yeah, like on the that. next episode. <laughs> Go. I'm just putting that out there. If you can let, if, if you can let Jay Sneezy know, we want him back. Mm. God bless, God bless, God bless. Jeez, All right. Sneezy, well, that's that's it. Cold. <laughs> that's it, everybody. Uh, good time, everybody. Thanks for coming. All right, guys. See you next time. Cheers, boys. Cheers. These eyes will deceive you. They will destroy you. They will take from you your innocence, your pride, and eventually your soul. These eyes do not see what you and I see. Behind these eyes one finds only blackness.